There is so much to get to, and I am so glad that you are here. It is Monday, the 19th of July, 2021. This show happens each and every weekday from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. The Eric Zane Show podcast begins now. This is Alabama Linda, otherwise known as Candy Crush Linda. And since I only back winners, I listen to the Eric Zane Show podcast. Yes. Wait. How many times has he been fired? Shut up. Anyway, here he is, Eric Zane. Such a dumb thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, and she doesn't really feel that way, but there are people that do. Yeah, I don't want to pay attention to his show. Why? Well, because he got fired from a job. Uh, welcome in. This is The Daily Show, where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the work week, Monday through Friday, as best I can. I was trying to do the math of um, how many times that I haven't podcasted because, you know, it was uh, Sunday, January 6th, 2019. Yeah, right. January 6th, 2019 that I started this. And there have been only a handful of days where I haven't done a podcast. Now, granted, some of those first ones, oh, I thought it was a big deal if I was able to go 15 minutes. Oh, man, what a stellar performance that was. Holy shit, I just knocked it out of the park. I have never, ever gotten up the energy to go back in time and listen to anything. Uh, Occasionally, from time to time, with what I do now, I'll go back and say, how did that sound when this happened or when that happened? But for the most part, it's like, oh, God, what an absolute abortion. I don't even like to go back in time, but um, still, it's there. I don't know why. If you are listening and you're like, hey, I haven't been caught up yet. Yeah, this isn't like uh, the podcast serial or some show that you binge watch. Stop listening from three months ago and get up to where we are now because it's a topical show. I'm talking about things going on right now. But uh, welcome in. Uh, As I indicated, this is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Hello to you all. I see the usual suspects are gathering gathering round for the live stream. That is cool. Thank you, as always. Okay. Oh, my God. Where to begin? First of all, let me just tell you this. I saw something this weekend when I was doing limo driving. And you're like, wait, what what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I, I moonlight for a company, a limousine company, and uh, I had a busy day, all day Saturday, of driving. And the first uh, thing I did was at like 10 a.m. Saturday, and it's with, it's a birthday party with uh, like six and seven-year-old kids. Six- and seven-year-old girls, all these princesses and a couple of moms pile into the back of this 14-passenger limousine. And, uh, it, you know, they, they say to me, oh, there's all these moms and dads in a cul-de-sac, and they're all, like, in, in the, live in the same area. They're all, like, this uh, friend network. And um, <clears throat> they're all extremely happy that uh, this is happening. So uh, as soon as I get out of the car, you know, I want to, they're all thinking, oh man, this guy is going to be like uh, pissed off because he's going to have little kids screaming in his face. 
So I got to be careful not to look because I'm not. I'm not worried at all about that. I can I can handle anything. I got to uh, make sure that I, I get, give the right impression when I get out of the vehicle that I'm overjoyed to be there. Okay. And, and I wasn't disappointed in any way because it was little kids at all. You know, your, your, your job is to uh, uh, keep these people safe and get them uh, have so that they have a good experience. That's the professional nature of the job. So I get out of the car and I'm all smiles like, Hey everybody. I'm like Bozo the clown showing up. How you doing? And, uh, Who's the birthday girl? And uh, they, all these little kids are in their sweet little dresses and uh, some some moms. And so I, I meet uh, mom number one, whose little girl is having the birthday. I go, okay, well, this is great. So they tell me what we're going to do. And there's, always, there's, there's one dad. There's just one dad who's kind of like, and this isn't the story that I was uh, saying I was, I was going to tell you on the, on the Patreon. I'm saving one story specifically for the Patreon because it's, incredible i i i've had to weigh out how i would tell this story um on the patreon and i don't really want to tip off anything about it just know that if you're on there you're gonna get a doozy a doozy of a story but this one no big deal the you you had one dad there though who was like hey uh, is there room for a booster seat and uh, I go, well, yeah, of course. Now, I don't know that. But I always just, yeah, always. I always just right away try to put in. He goes, okay, let's uh, let's install. Do you, do you have the hooks? Okay, so, you know, nowadays, if you buy any vehicle that is set up for uh, car seats, you know, it, it, they've got the uh, multiple hooks because the actual car seat has like uh, straps and, you know, a Hans device and uh, uh, a multi-point harness. So the kid's in there like a NASCAR driver. The kid is, you know, if you were to uh, uh, be traveling at 100 miles an hour and you hit a brick wall, nowadays the kid is not even going to know that that happened. The kid won't even wake up nowadays because the seats are so ridiculous. So he goes, okay, uh, do you... You get, and he's got a, he's got a, uh, he's, he's from India. So he's got this, uh, thick Indian accent and, uh, he's, he's asking me, you know, do you have the hooks? Do you have the, the straps? Do you have that? And I go, yeah, we got it all, man. It, put it in there. And so, uh, his dad gets in there and he, he can't find any, this is a, a 21 year old limousine. It's, it's old, but it's really nice. It's an old school Lincoln and it's massive it is a big ass limousine and uh he goes i i i don't see the hooks like oh yeah they're in there yeah just so i'm like deal with somebody else you know getting kids in the car and he goes i, I can't find it i go yeah I'll, I'll do it so that i put the kid in the seat i go hey what's your name she tells me i go hey okay great and i do that I just grab the seat belt put her on it and that's that's fine you don't even need those stinking hooks the only reason why the hooks and the straps are there is because you know they it's it gives you some it didn't do anything it didn't do any, the strap the seat belt around the kid is more than enough to keep them in there and uh so i'm i'm not worried about it and so the the, the dad sees that that's the best that's, that's gonna happen and he he realizes okay it's cool all right, great. I'm happy about that. So the little kid's in there, and the kid is in there, and she's pissed off that she's got to be in the in the booster to begin with because all the other kids are doing cartwheels down the aisle of the limousine, you know, and just, uh, it's just 
madness. And the moms and the dads are like, oh, boy, you're, you're a trooper. Uh, great job. And I go, ah, you know what? This is a blessing. I go, because I know that the music that these little ones are going to listen to is not going to be what the 16, 17-year-olds listen to because I've had those animals in my car many times at, at different scenarios, not this one, obviously. And, you know, the worst is uh, 10 high school young ladies playing Cardi B awful songs right in, in, in within, you know, they, they, they can see me. Can you imagine that? I've, I've gone down that road and detailed that, that horrible thing with you many times. It's just disgusting. I can't handle it. Uh, I go, this is no problem. And then the mom is there who, whose daughter is having the baby. She goes, oh, yeah, well, we're, uh, we're, this is a kid's Bob car. I go, oh, sweet. I just love it. So about the most risque thing they would listen to is like a, a, a party in the USA by Miley. So I'm like, this is awesome. Easy. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's the first part of my day. I'm thinking, this is, this is easy. I love it. And then the mom, I think a lot of these folks had some cash because she, it was a massive tip. And I was like, holy crap, this is, uh, this is a, I should just, if I ever am in a pinch and I'm broke or destitute, I can just be a full-time driver. And ride out into the sunset uh, because this is awesome. You make really good money. Very lucrative. Um, they have said to me at the limo place, they go, why don't you get your uh, license so that you can drive the bus? Because they have several buses. This is a big company. You know, you have uh, dozens and dozens of vehicles. And truth be told, there's only like two actual limousine cars. The rest are all uh, bus style and trans multi you know, big parties, wedding parties, things like that. And you make a ton of cash doing that. And, and I, I said to them, I go, well, the way it is right now where you just have me do sedan trips like this, I can barely keep up with that. I'm constantly turning them down. I'll, I'll get, uh, especially in the, uh, in half the year, like at this time when it's people are doing weddings and things like that. Uh, I go like, you know, for six months out of the year, uh, they, they'll offer me five trips a week, and I'll turn down three of them. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I almost feel like I'll want to take more jobs, and then that will spread myself even more thin throughout the week. It already is. You know, it, uh, if I do two, three trips a week, that's, that's fine. So, you know, I don't want to. Now, a smart person would dig their well before they're thirsty and get all those appropriate licenses so that, uh, you know, if I ever do need to do that. So I think what I just did was talk myself into it right here. I have no idea. But anyway, um, so that trip ends. And then I've got to uh, do a second trip. Now, the second trip is where... Okay, I, I don't want to talk about this out in the, just throw it out randomly like this. I, want to, I, I only want to talk about it behind the paywall because it's just bizarre. It's absolutely uh, bizarre. There was so much there to talk about. And let's put it this way. Um, I knew I was not going to get any tip whatsoever from the moment I got there. From the moment I got there, I knew there was no tip involved, and I was okay with that. Because I knew what I was witnessing was absolute greatness. 
And uh, I'll, I'll share that with you on the Patreon. It's, uh, it's staggering. Oh, my God. Multi-talented Jason says, it sounds like they need more drivers. Yeah, you're right. I had uh, um, tried to get Jason. This is how it went. The folks at the limo company said, hey, do you know anybody who is qualified to drive? I go, yeah. I got somebody who, in an hour, uh, with j- you could just give him a little bit of uh, uh, a tutelage, and he'd be driving for you. He has all the, he's, has, he's been driving buses in the city of Grand Rapids. He, has, he is overqualified for this job. They're like, oh, thank God. Thank God, Eric Zane, that you know somebody because, holy crap, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, dire. We need drivers immediately. And I go, sweet. I'm ha- so happy. So then I, I rushed over to Jason Schaefer. We, I remember we were sitting at uh, Great Lakes Winery, Brewery, Distillery. And I go, hey, man, I got a great gig for you. Something just popped. And he goes, oh, man, I'm really interested. I'm excited about this opportunity. I go, yeah, so am I. For you, I'm just excited for you. And uh, so then... You know, I, uh, I I I put him in touch with the with the powers that be at the limo company, and then they proceeded to uh, ignore him. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute, you you put me on the hunt, and I I delivered immediately. What what happened? So uh, I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad about that. I felt like a first class idiot. Um, Sarah not getting the joke seat tethers I actually work in the auto industry and check the safety of those tethers you don't want the car seat flying out of the car yeah I know it was a joke shut up ladies and gentlemen the multi-talented Cardiff Electric is here Listen to this involved comment. My dog ate a bag of chocolate last night. He was howling in pain all night, but it still sounded better than this car seat crap. Good one. Good one. <laughs> you went a long way for that. Um, my pal Carl over at Who Are These Podcasts actually touched on Cardiff Electric, on the most latest, on the uh, on the latest edition of Who Are These Podcasts. Apparently, Cardiff reached out to Carl and said, "I will make an appearance at your live show for five hundred dollars," which is something that this jackass has tried with me too. Um, he wanted eight hundred dollars to appear on my show. And I said, no, I will give you a T-shirt. So I'm not really sure uh, what is going on. I, I, in fact, I sent the, um, di- the um, messages between Cardiff and myself to Carl. And um, because he has threatened to beat Carl up when Carl makes his uh, appearance in Chicago. Uh, I wrote, hey, Carl, I'm excited about this week's episode, and I'll get into that in a second. I heard just a little bit of it on the Discord and was immediately laughing. Carl says, you get a shout-out. And I said, that's awesome. That makes me happy. 
Uh, and then I heard him talking about Cardiff on his show, so I uh, I sent this, the screenshot of this of Cardiff's exchange with me. Carl writes, this guy needs attention really bad. He wanted me to pay him $500 to do 10 minutes at our live show. And I said, I heard that. Insane. Uh, Carl says, it's a troll pretending he doesn't know how to spell my name. Good one. Yeah, this guy. Uh, the fact that we've gotten so much time from this idiot. Ugh. Cardiff says, that was the fake Cardiff Electric account. Now, there's, there's no such thing. It's just you with no occupation. Sorry that you don't have a job. Either that or you're incredibly wealthy. All right. So I, uh, I cannot wait to share this story with you on the Patreon. It is uh, part of the reason why I'm afraid to share it in this setting is, I don't know, I'm afraid. No, I can't say anything. I'm just going to shut up. I, Damn it. I'll tell you this. Uh, I was having... Uh, major problems, I think major problems with this car because I'm sitting there driving it over the weekend and I have um, group number two. And as I'm driving, uh, they're all in the back, a lot of people, and uh, I've got the air conditioning blowing on me in the driver's area and, and then all of a sudden everything shuts down. Not the motor, but all of the instrumentation, speedometer, uh uh, RPMs, all the gauges, uh, the radio, the air conditioner, all stops. So the, the, the blower stops blowing. Everything shuts down. And I'm like, what just happened? <clears throat> About 10, 15 seconds later, it all comes back on. I'm like, what, what the hell was that? And then for the rest of the, that trip, it proceeded to happen where sometimes just the speedometer and the RPMs would stop. What's that called? A tachometer. Uh, sometimes the air conditioning would stay on while uh, all the instrumentation on the dash would shut down. And then other times the instrumentation would stay on and then the air conditioner would shut down and then they both shut down and then they both come on. And so that was crazy. And then right uh, a lot of times before it would shut down the air conditioner, the air conditioner would sound like it was uh, being like uh, uh, blowing extra hard. It would like really start blowing and then it would stop. And then if I was at a uh, traffic light and then I took off and as I started to get up to speed, then everything would shut down. So I had no idea what the hell was happening. Then I was able to get it to stop doing that when I just shut the air conditioning off and rolled down the windows. Uh, if you, if it's shut down, like one time all the windows were up and it, everything shut down. All of a sudden, Mealy starts getting hot as hell We're in the, in the driver's area. And the, the windows won't work. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, I finally got it to come back on. It, uh, right, and then I rolled down the windows, left the air conditioning off, and that seemed to alleviate the issue. It stopped. Everything stopped shutting off. It, I, I cannot explain what was happening. I get back to the garage, and then I, uh, I see... Um, Chad, the uh, garage manager, I go, dude, you're not going to believe this because you're supposed to write down everything uh, wrong that is going on with the vehicle. And I go, well, I wrote it all down, but it's like a book. So I'd rather just tell you. So I explain all this shit to me. He goes, what? I have never heard of that. Oh. 
Ann writes, happened to me last week. It was two hours from home and on the way back, an hour out, my dash lit up and gauges started jumping. The alternator died and I was stranded for three hours. Oh, my God. Ugh. I can just imagine. I, I have not yet ever been on the uh, side of the road with a uh, car full of people. I just hope that that never happens. Okay. I promised myself that I was not going to mention this, but I can't help it. Uh, I'm technically in a holding pattern because at uh, 9 a.m. I'm supposed to have Joe Volk, a reunion of the Joe and the Poor Boy show here on this show in 34 minutes. Um, but I reached out to Joe over the weekend. I go, hey, buddy, uh, I'm going to send you a link Monday morning. And then you just, you know, I, I just gave him the basics of how we do it. And I didn't get back a sounds good or all right. I got nothing. So uh, I, I think the message got through, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm hoping to God it did because, uh, like I said, I have not, uh, uh, other than a couple of uh, relatively brief phone calls since 19, April of 1998, uh, I, haven't, I haven't really spoken to Joe that much. I reached out to him when I found out he had a health issue just recently. And, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of, we, we, we did great. We, uh, we hit it off. So that was, uh, that was nice. And I kind of want to go back in time and uh, have a little Joe and the Poor Boy reunion show. Just find out what it was like on his end when that was all happening as he uh, was able to stay at that radio station uh, Z93 forever. And then uh, and then that was it. Suddenly radio kind of took over and Joe was out. That's unfortunate. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. That's supposed to happen at nine. I'll find out whether or not he's uh, he's, he's there or not. I'll just kind of see him uh, light up in the in the waiting room over here. You won't. Uh, but then I'll have to bring him on. Kyle says, I am hoping to. I'm looking forward to hearing the captain. I, God, I will never forget that. Um, and says, we're great friends. Yeah? When's the last time you spoke? Oh, the 90s. Shut up. Well, no, we're not great friends. Did I say that? Did I say we're great friends? We, well, we're not. I mean, we just kind of got reacquainted. Shut up. Um, Joe's character, the captain, was, I mean, if you were to listen to what he did then, now, you'd be like, well, wait a minute. This is stupid. Agreed. But back then, it was absolutely ridiculous uh, and, and, and unbelievably popular. Uh, the, the amount of audience that he drew in with that character uh, is is just incredible. Um, I've explained this to people before about how the ratings work, but um, share is kind of like a percentage point. If you get one share, that's a percentage point. So if there's uh, if there's 100 pieces of pie in a pie, and you were to get five pieces of the pie of the 100, and the other 30 radio stations... Um, divide 95 pieces of pie you know uh five share is good joe on the captain show had 30 to 35 sometimes 40 p 
pieces of pie. And then the rest had to divide all the rest. That's amazing. Holy shit. And uh, so Joe would get into the radio station and uh, doing this uh, character, the captain. And um, he's playing music, so he's playing he's playing Metallica and Ugly Kid Joe and Skid Row and uh, the Scorpions and Warrant and uh, uh, Queensryche. Yeah, this is the early 90s. And, uh, my God, um, then people would call in and then ask for a request or something like that, and then he would say, lick me, and then that's it. So... I have no idea why it was such a big deal, but everybody loved this damn show. And I remember growing up in college and um, everybody is kind of like, hey, have you heard this show, The Captain? And I'm like, no. And uh, when I found out about it, I was like, well, this is incredible. This is uh, this is, you know, kind of like the radio that I grew up listening to that became so unbelievably popular, this type of character driven radio. And uh, lo and behold, to be there and then you know over a period of time wind up being the morning partner for this guy was just incredible uh all right the queen of the forest is on her way back today okay she was down in kentucky with um her cousin Mimi and uh, and the NFK and today they're coming back. You're thinking, oh my God, you were without your wife for your wedding anniversary. Yes, yes, I know. We got to celebrate today. Uh, she had this this trip planned to go see this family and uh, she drove all the way back yesterday. Dropped her cousin off in Detroit and I was like, just stay there. I don't want you driving. She goes, I'm exhausted. I'm super tired. I go, no, no, stay there, stay there. I don't want you driving while you're exhausted. Just come back tomorrow. So she's coming back today. Cannot wait to see her. My God, I cannot believe it. 29 years ago yesterday, we got married. And, you know, um, you know it's remarkable. And uh, the, the obvious is, holy shit, you know, um, uh, when you think about how difficult marriage is, uh, a lot of people that I, I know that were married are not anymore. And it's like, um, I guess it's hard. I guess marriage is tough. Now... I can't really say it's been hard to be married to Diana. Uh, the only thing that has been difficult has been whenever I have caused problems for us. Uh, when it comes to the relationship, I can honestly say that she is a saintly woman. Okay? And um, what she has been able to do to keep to help me to become the person that I've become. I mean, really, she is an exceptional soul, and I owe her so damn much, okay? Um, she put her career aside for my career. She had our children. She put up with a lot of nonsense. Oh, my God. And I just I can't stress enough how amazing of a woman she is. She makes it seem... Um, like marriage is easy. So, so much so that when I see other folks who, for whatever reason, the marriage went by the wayside, I, I'm like, man, um, 
I get the fact that you've had all these difficulties and you aren't together with your significant other, but I cannot relate to anything of what you're saying because she is unbelievable, unbelievably spectacular. And I think the, I think the one key to marriage from my perspective is to keep that in focus about the, what your wife has done for you. Hopefully Uh, in my case, yes, I can only speak for me. Man, she makes it so damn easy to be married because she is the full package. I cannot stress enough how fantastic she is. It almost sounds like I'm bragging, but I, I'm doing this more to just, uh, it, it's, it's important that I express that, you know? All right. And I don't know if that's a good idea. You writing, but is she amazing enough to let you go in the back door and not complain about it. That's love right there. That's going to earn you 300 seconds. You are now in timeout. My God. You were doing so well. Jesus. Here I am spilling my guts about how wonderful my wife is. And you're talking about anal sex. Uh, Kenny appears to be complaining about me putting that dude in timeout. So you know what that means for you, fuckstick? You're in timeout too. Ben Glaze is on Facebook, so I can't put him in timeout. Okay, you need to know this. And I featured it on the uh, free view of the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. We had a show-stopping moment on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, okay, this week. And it was absolutely amazing. And it uh, it happened um, because we were reminiscing about how effective the drops were how effective Ben was with the drops. And then we kind of got, I was getting to, uh, going down the road of, uh, you know, as we release these losses, Hain recordings, Ben, um, I keep memories are flooding back about the good times that we had and the fun that we had on the air, because frankly, a lot of that is a blur to me. I don't recall those moments off the top of my head, but then when someone says, Hey, remember that time when you did this? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that was great. So, um, that is part of what we talked about. And I, uh, I featured, and then Pellerito, he was hearing that, and he sent a moment in time where ben, one of Ben's drops really, really caught everybody off guard, and it was so damn funny. Jesus. Frank the Tank Jude Fuss is here. More about uh, what Frank is doing a little bit later on in the show. All right. Uh, I want to get into this. Um, this was the dynamic at the house yesterday. Jacqueline says to me, mom's not going to be here, but can we have family dinner? Sunday is usually family dinner day. I was like, yeah, of course, man. That's the best part of the weekend. Let's do it. So uh, I decided I was going to make spaghetti and meatballs again, the slaughter of the Turks uh, uh, meatballs. And let's do that. So I'm making that. Uh, she shows up. Uh, so it's Eric, Di- or no, Diana, Eric, Jackie, Justin, Madison. Okay, great. We're going to have a good time. Um, 
There's a coffee mug that uh, Jackie got me. In fact, I, I, I've got it right here, and uh, you can probably see it. Uh, there's a glare on it, but I'll just let you know. It says, careful, or you'll end up in my next podcast. Okay? That's, the, uh, that's what it actually says in the coffee mug. And um, she did something, and I went, what the hell is wrong with you? And, the, and this coffee mug happened to be in the sink. And so I said, look it, you see this? And, and she gave this to me. I go, what just happened is happening on the podcast. I am going to talk about this. And this is going to, um, this is going to make a lot of you wonder about her. Okay. I know it did me. And um, Justin picks Bruce over who's over my shoulder here up and is uh, is is kind of holding him. And, uh, you know, Bruce is a bigger French bulldog. Well, probably the biggest. And uh, he's holding him. And uh, and then I hear Justin go, Jackie, no. And I go. What? And. He says she just touched his wiener. And I'm like, well, what? What? So now what I'm thinking is, because the anatomy of the dog is, um, it's like um, a sword in a holster. Or a, uh, what do they call that thing that the sword goes in? Okay? And so then when the dog actually is going to try to make babies, that little red rocket comes flying out of that, that, that skin. Okay? I, I don't know if it's a, a foreskin or what. Uh, ben says a sheath. I guess that sounds right to me. You know, if you, if you see the dog walking around, you you would see the sheath. And then if the dog's like, oh, man, I'm really, I'm really ready to go. The, the red rocket comes flying out of the sheath. It's like the lipstick, you know? And, um, well, Jackie didn't, like, just hit the sheath. Apparently, because of the position that the dog was, as I understand this, um, the little red rocket was just kind of sticking out a little bit. And it wasn't because he was aroused or anything. It just happened to be that type of uh, the way Justin was holding him. And I guess my daughter, Jacqueline, grabbed the sheath and pulled it back to expose the entire thing. Okay, also known as a scabbard. She like pulled it back. She gave she gave the dog almost like the uh, first step to giving a dog a hand job. And Justin goes, Jackie, no. And I, I look at her and I and I go and Justin says, yeah, she touched his window. She actually did that. Now. I'm like. What, why? What, what, why? What is wrong with you? And she goes, Justin did it too. And he goes, I didn't do it. What are you talking about? And I don't know why she even said that. I think she, she was embarrassed about it. I go, and I was like, Jackie, this is, this is horrible. And then Madison goes, oh, my God, this is a bestiality thing. And I go, yes, it is. This is something you see. This is a crime. We just witnessed a crime here. Who goes out of their way? 
to make it so that the dog's penis comes flying out of its uh, uh, penis holder. This actually happened. And, and frankly, I want you all to judge her. Ugh. Nathan says, this is your chance to be rich. Only fans. Yeah, shut up. 300 seconds. So, I, I, it, it kind of ends there. I don't really have any more information for you. And says, the aforementioned comment was a joke, referencing a joke you made yourself a couple of months ago, not downplaying your I love my wife who's in Kentucky sidebar. No. All right, you just get another, you get another 300 seconds for trying to explain your joke. Just, yeah, you're making it worse. There you go. Take, a, take another 300 seconds. Jesse says, timeouts as soon as I join. Damn, shit's deep already. NFJ, no filter Jackie. There's no way she's already up. I'm actually calling Justin. Maybe he can shed some light on this. Ben says, I wish I was Bruce. Come on, Ben, you fuck. What the hell is wrong with you? Hi, this is Justin G. Hi. Hi, Justin. Maybe I can wake Jackie up. This is not going to work, but I need to try. incredible if she sees it ringing like if she rolls over and sees it ringing she's going to know exactly what I'm up to and she'll probably pick it up Ben I want you to know that on Facebook I can't block you but I would if you were on (laughs) if you were on YouTube Uh, Kyle says Ben wants Justin to touch his wiener all right Unbelievable. I have a daughter that touches dog penis. My dog penis touching daughter. The worst. How can that possibly be a thing? Okay. I want to go over a uh, something I saw. This is uh, still more fallout. More backlash over when I made those comments, that joke about the stupid carnival ride in northern Michigan. Um, it, it, it's just remarkable how people just cannot understand jokes and take things so seriously. Okay. Let me get to the uh, share screen. Now, you know, I'm just going to read it. No, I'm not. I'm going to share it. I can't decide what the hell I'm doing today. All right. Take a look at this. Some guy named Gary. Now, again, what I said was um, 
when I made the first comment. The ride was uh, about to tip over, and then a bunch of people ran onto it and, and, and hung onto it, and, and everybody made a big deal. Oh, my God, they just saved the day. Okay, great. And um, something, I referred to the uh, carnival as a hillbilly convention, and uh, the, the ride as a poverty carny ride, and then referred to the people that ran, ran up to it as dirt people rushed to help. It was just a joke, okay? And... Man, I tell you what, I got so much uh, blowback from that thing. And even now, I mean, here we are more than a week later. I'm still getting comments. All right. Gary writes, who? Now, listen, listen. To, he, he wrote this, and I'm going to read it exactly as this dumb shit wrote it. Who in the hell are you to call use dirt people? I think it's supposed to say to call us dirt people. And then there's no question mark. You ass are joke. There is a lot. A lot is one word of this on this. There is a lot of amazing people here in northern Michigan and have each other's backs. Fuck. You are a loser. And here in northern Michigan, you are not got to hell, you ass. <laughs> I responded with Gary. Did you proofread this? It's an absolute mess. Oh, my God. You know, he's not lying, though, with the line. There is a lot of amazing people here in northern Michigan. And he is right. There is a lot of amazing people because, you know, I mean, I think it's amazing that uh, so many people, uh, a high percentage of people, would like to put their foot into their sister's ass for sexual gratification. That is an amazing thing. And that's what happens up there. I've seen it. Okay? Well, no, I didn't see that. But, I mean, these are the types of people that we're talking about. We're talking about the underbelly, the soft underbelly of America. The further north you go, the more hickish it becomes. There are people in hollers in Tennessee that look at the people in northern Michigan and say, oh, my God, what a bunch of fucking cavemen. So, you know, whatever. So that's Gary weighing in on the topic. Thank you, Gary, for participating. Kyle writes, does Todd live in northern Michigan? Private property. Yes, that's private property, Todd. Jason says, so glad you read that verbatim. It's always funny to me. Chris says, that's pretty good for a dirt person. Adam, who lives in Houghton Lake. See, Adam lives in Houghton Lake, and he's not, a, he's not an idiot. He's smart, because I've spoken with Adam. Adam says, correct. That's where most of the people from Kentucky and Tennessee have moved, northern Michigan. Jason says... Uh, well, he's responding to Joey. Joey's just a pain in the ass. Joey writes, Eric, you need to be sensitive to the carnies. They have to make a living too. Jason says, yeah, well, $5 for a 30 cent worth a piece of cotton, uh, 30 for 30 cents worth of cotton filled in polyester dolphin. It's written kind of wonky. Trust me. They're making a living. Yeah. Joey, shut up. My God. 
By the way, the joke of the day has got to be uh, Ben, that asshole with, I wish I was Bruce. Come on, Ben. All right. Okay, we got uh, the st- Jackie touched the dog's wiener, Gary's Facebook comment, and now this. Yesterday, uh, Carl from Who Are These Podcasts released the latest edition of his show. And um, I need to get it. First of all, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break down too much. I don't want to steal any of his thunder. But as you know, um, he has been uh, on the. Ra- I, I got onto his radar, and then Freebird Hot Wings got onto his radar, and then now Steve and Kyle have gotten onto his radar. Now, Carl beats the shit out of everybody, and I was the first person to get it. Um, and it just so happened, though, that I've been able to um, – that I rolled with it. I didn't get too pissed off about it in any way, shape, or form, and I took it as constructive and fun, okay? And since then – uh, a lot of positive things have happened because of that. Okay, great. He also, he was tipped off to me. I, well, I think uh, Garrett is the one who actually uh, reached out to him after I referenced how much I liked that show on this show. I talked about how last year at this time, I listened to it. I loved it. I always like to kind of tip you off of things that I like. Okay, so great. And I told the audience about it. Well, Garrett then reaches out to Carl at the same time that I reached out to Carl because I was like, hey, man, I really like your show. This is me talking about your show. Garrett says, yeah, this is my pal, Eric. I listened to him, and he sucks. You should rip on him. On his, rip on, and sure enough, he did. So I was like, oh, fuck. And I was worried about that, but it wasn't that bad. No big deal. Well, then Garrett also, or one of the other audience members says, for Jocktober, you should uh, also rip on Freebird and Owings. So he did that, too. Whatever. Uh, I don't think they said anything about it, and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that uh, gruesome of a beat-up, in my opinion. However, um, he was also tipped off by, I think he said, I forget the name of the show that tipped him off, um, but he reviewed uh, Steve, the producer's uh, podcast that he does with Kyle, okay, who... You know, uh, there is a, let's just say this. All the nonsense with free beer and hot wings. uh, People would be like, hey, are there any bad feelings? And I was like, no, there's no feelings. There's, There's nothing at all. It's like it didn't happen. So you can take, you can do with that what you will. But with Kyle, I want to step on that fucker's throat. Kyle is one of the only people on the planet who I am actually hoping that he has a seizure and drives his car into a ditch at a high rate of speed. Fuck Kyle. He's an asshole. He's the worst of humanity. I can't stand that son of a bitch for many reasons. All right? So there's that. Carl reviews Stephen Kyle and... um. I was uh, listening to it when I was shopping at Meyer, getting the ingredients for the meatballs, and I was like, oh, my God. I actually started to feel, despite how much I can't stand Kyle, I was like, fuck, this is rough. And so it, it, was, uh, it was brutal. 
It was absolutely brutal. It was so because when they ripped on me, they ripped on me about a lot of formatic stuff, how I, uh, you know, and it, 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 it hurt a little. But at the same time, I try to look at it as constructive criticism. They talked about things that I've never, ever considered. OK, they uh, and, and it was it was uh, Carl and a guy by the name of Eric Nagel, also known as Iraq, who has a real ear and knack for um, for this type of um, almost like program director speak. OK, why are you talking about this? Why? Because he is the executive producer for the longest time of the Opie and Anthony show. And now he runs Anthony's network on compound media. So this guy knows everything there is to know about, hey, why are you doing this and why are you doing that and fucking knock this shit off and don't talk about that and talk about this. So he's speaking from that perspective. And my gosh, does he do they rip them a new asshole? It's absolutely brutal. So if you want to hear your old pal uh, Steve and Kyle uh, be talked about in that setting, check out who are these podcasts. It is... Oh, man, if you're a fan of their, that show, you're going to be pissed off. Or you might laugh. I don't know. Um, it is because uh, Carl, what Carl does um, in particular is he has an ability to really, really get down to uh, brass tacks, to really delve into what someone is thinking. And uh, I think they did an excellent job at that. And it was absolutely brutal. I, I was cringing as much as I was laughing. All right. This also happened. Made me wince a little bit. Uh, Carl is wrapping up the show. And as I, as I indicated to you, I've, um, um, I've become pals with Carl. And um, he's talking. Remember I mentioned that uh, uh, Eric Nagel or E-Rock, he helps anthony he runs anthony kumia's network okay now um my appearance on who are these podcasts when i I had done this more than once uh reviewed a show on there after the first time i did it this guy who is featured in yesterday's show reached out to me eric nagel he heard me on carl's podcast and um i think we had maybe exchanged messages way back in the past about one thing or another but that was about it um and so he reached out to me and the it was floated if you ever wanted to be on uh anthony's show we can facilitate that i was like holy fuck well that's a great opportunity uh i'm gonna do everything i can to make that happen which i then um after we we hammered out the date and then i posted about it and i was extremely excited to do that so i uh I did the old, hey, guess what's happening? Something cool's happening. When you're a guy like me, okay, when you're a schlep doing a show uh, in a dormer above your garage with a couple of dogs in the background, you know, and you're all alone, even the littlest thing is going to seem like you just won the lottery, okay? So I was exuberant as hell when I found out that, oh, my God, I'm going to be an Anthony show. I am so stoked about this. I couldn't wait to share it with the audience. Okay, so imagine me yesterday listening um, to Carl's podcast, and Carl had said, he goes, hey, man, you get a shout-out on this show. I go, well, that's great. I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you. And this is how it sounded. Is on compoundmedia.com. Sorry, it starts with Eric Nagel's voice talking about um, his show and what he does on Anthony's network, uh, Compound, Compound Media. You can go there and su- okay. is on compoundmedia.com. You can go there and subscribe, and uh, we do that show every week, just the two of us. It's two old men yelling at clouds. Excellent. Yeah, that's a fun show. 
And also, I hear Eric Zane will be a guest on the Anthony Cumia show in a few weeks. Yes, I... Listening to Eric on your show, I reached out to him. I thought he would be good on Anthony's thing. I said, all right, let me figure out a date to sign uh, when we can set this up. And then in true radio fashion, Eric just posts it up on, on, on Twitter. He's like, oh, I'm coming on here. I'm like, dude, that's a month away. It doesn't matter. Just, just wait. Give me a but, minute. But uh, everything I've seen about this guy, I think he has an interesting story. And I think uh, I think he'll get along well with Anthony. So we'll see how that goes. Dude, thanks for doing that. I'm really excited. I love Eric. And I'm glad that he's getting a chance to go on there. He's super stoked about it, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> from him posting it He's all making the, the big drive out from Michigan. That's so. right. Yeah, he'll be in studio, so that's very cool. And I think, Carla, uh, I think we're going to have to have... What an asshole. Not not them, me. Fuck. Can't... Well, look. I'm going to defend that, first of all, okay? You know, at the end of the day, uh, that's good. That's good for Compound Media because the one or two people... Uh, who might sign? Who might sign up? I mean, that's isn't that what it's all about? I mean, I shit. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to put a positive spin on this, but I kind of feel like an asshole for that. A little bit. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get to Joe Volk in just a second. I see he has uh, joined in the waiting room, so this is. I'm very very excited about this. Very very happy about this, and uh, so we're going to bring Joe in in just a second. I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, I haven't had Joe. Uh, with me in quite some time. Well, it's been, my God, since 1998 when I left Z93 and a half and said, I'm never talking to that guy again. And here we are. So I'm very, very happy about that. The open and the live stream of this show is brought to you by key sponsors, Horizon Hydroponics. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N, hydroponics.com. Thank you to Bridget and John. They just signed up for another six months of marketing. I appreciate that. If you're growing anything, it uh, could be vegetables, could be flowers, could be cannabis. Just remember Horizon Hydroponics. You can uh, buy from anywhere in the USA as well. They'll send it to you directly. Orders $250 and more. The shipping is free. And use the coupon code ZANESHOW at checkout. You will save 10%. Horizon, that's H-O-R-I-Z-E-N, hydroponics.com. Uh, getting the cars repaired. You go to Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Domestic, Asian, European, any type of car. Uh, that could be an electric vehicle as well. Yeah, if you got one of those old volts, you see that? GM's like, don't park it indoors. Don't put it in your garage. It could catch on fire. How does that even happen? How can you possibly find that out so late after the fact? My God. Uh, reach out to Irvine's, Irvine's.com. That's E-R-V-I-N-E-S.com. I would have brought a car there last night. Madison's Accord is acting all wonky. And I go, all right, let's go drop it up. She goes, that kid, I'm tired. I go, how can you be tired? You're a kid. 616-532-6600 for Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. Ladies and gentlemen, I am bringing in right now to the show the one and only Joe Volk. Joe, how are you, buddy? I see you, but I don't see you. I see you, and I don't hear you. Uh, I don't hear anything. All right, I'm going to put you back in the waiting room. I don't know what the deal is, uh, if it's a connection issue or what, but I don't see you, but I thought, let me just try to click it anyway, and uh, and then um, maybe you'll just do the microphone thing. Uh, and now he's out of the waiting room. So if you could uh, re- re- uh, recheck on it, perhaps, and we'll go from there. This is what I want to do, because if I don't pee, I'm going to die. 
So I'll be with you in just a second. Uh, let me do this. Uh, back in a minute, taking a pee, and then I will be back with Joe. Hopefully, if not, I'll just have to rebook him or something like that. Let me go pee. I'll be right back. Stay there. All right. Now I can't. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. I uh, I'm just taking a look at the email, and Joe said he got he got the uh, he got the link. Good to go. And uh, I see he's been uh, kind of back and forth in the waiting room. So I'm hoping that this goes. Hey, hey, buddy, how are you? There we go. <laughs> yes! Fuck yes! Joe! Technology is wonderful. Oh, my God. I am so freaking happy right now. Te- technology is a wonderful thing. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, what's crazy is um, it was always such a pain in the ass to make things happen with guests prior to the pandemic. This like has allowed, I, I don't know, it just has made the world easier to do things. It seems like, I don't think we'll go back. Do you? No, no, I don't. And, you know, especially with this, uh, you know, with the, the, the younger the people are, the uh, less social skills that they have. So, you know, you know, it just is like, uh, yeah, we'll never go back. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, you miss that live face-to-face interaction. You can't, uh, you can't read, you know, tone, emotion or anything like that into it. It's all just, all you just see is the tops of people's heads because they're buried in their damn phones. Have you had um, any, uh, in, in your job and in the pandemic, have you had any moments where you've left your camera on or something stupid happened or anything like that? No, I, 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 uh, I am keenly aware of leaving, leaving stuff on. You don't, that's, that's, that's not a good thing. Did you you see that story about Jeffrey Tubin? The, 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 uh, that, that one writer, the CNN guy. (laughs) Yeah. But see, he did that on purpose. You know, we did. I mean, who thinks that that's a good idea? I'm on a work call, you know. I I think I'll uh, I think I'll uh, flog the dolphin. A yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, well, that's you, a really good point you made. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really um, good. Joe, it was uh, it was April of 1998 when uh, I, I I left you in a huff, and I you know I it's. It's just stupid. Um, I, 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 I can't go back and say, hey, uh, what, what happened there or, or whatever. And it wasn't anything that any one person did. But if I could go back at age with my 51 mentality back to my 28-year-old mentality, I was like, oh, you know, fucking life is too short to be pissed off at people all the time. So, you know, I just I just wanted you to know that. I, 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 I wish I'd never... You know, it's, it's, it was just stupid immaturity on everybody's part, you know. I mean, everybody was stupidly immature those days, you know. And, you know, we, uh, we you know, apologize and we move on, right? Exactly. You look the same. Uh, what, what, what are you doing? I mean, how, how is that even possible? You're, you're, you've, you've, you're 28 years older, but you look the fucking same. Well, I've. I, uh, well, I had a couple of strokes in April, so. And, I, I, and that's, and that's just getting people caught up. You, you did, you had a health issue where you had, you started to stroke out. Well, yeah. And I didn't even know it. Um, 
I uh, worked out. I uh, My wife was yelling at me to move some trees in the backyard. So I moved some trees and all of a sudden my hand and uh, my right uh, hand, you know, went a little funny and my right leg went a little funny and it is like, hey, you know, this isn't right. So I go into the hospital, I, uh, wait 40 minutes in the waiting room and they tell me I have a couple of strokes. Wow. How do they how do they figure that out? Is it through, through like a blood test or do they do like no, I think it's like the lack of movement in my in my right hand? <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Now, thank God you caught that because I have a friend in radio. His name's Dave Jackanet. Used to work with me here in West yeah. Michigan. Who ignored all of that and. He, it didn't kill him, but oh my God, uh, you know, it. I've read that if you are able to, I don't know what they do to you in particular, if they did that to you, but uh, people can be kind of pulled out of that, that nosedive in a particular way if you catch it early enough. Yeah, well, mine, I didn't, mine didn't go that far. Mine lasted about 40 minutes and just like, okay, that was normal. So I, so I, I sit in the, I sit in the hospital for a couple of days and, uh, uh, six days, and then they they do one cardioid artery cleaning. Uh, they just like cut your arteries out and they clean them up. And wow. uh, amazingly enough, uh, next uh, this Wednesday, uh, I get the other one done. So holy shit! Now, do they just go in through you? What 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 do they go in through? They don't. They cut your. They cut you. Oh. Uh, they cut you right there shit so yeah, they're like it's like cleaning a fish yeah well it's clean it's unclogging a pipe <laughs> you know it's just like yeah they'll, so they'll uh they'll uh put me under and uh they'll uh cut me open and take out my carotid my right carotid artery and uh and uh i'll have have uh you know and the the crazy thing about the carotid artery surgery is it irritates your nerves, so it gives you the impression that you it that you, that you had some strokes. <laughs> so you talk like this for a while. Yeah. I've just been able. I think I can when I stick my tongue out. I think I can stick it out straight now. But, <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, but you're getting there. You're getting there. I'm getting there. But yeah, so now this other side, when they irritate the nerves, you'll be oh, yeah, right. So and you'll be normal, but you know, the funny thing is, is I went back to work a couple of days after the, you know, I'm on the phone, I'm talking like this, I'm all talking live, blah, 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 <laughs> all over the place. Holy they, shit. They think you're pissed off, but you're just, I'm trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because, Joe, there's a, there's a lot of things I want to touch on. Um, when we worked in radio, we were the very we were at the uh, the crest of the wave from when radio went from mom and pop ownership uh, ownership ownership. Oh my god, it sounds like I just had a stroke. No, ownership, actually, that's closer to the truth. Yeah. <laughs> mom and pop ownership um, to when companies with the uh, uh, Telecommunication Act in the yeah. mid nineties uh, deregulating it. Um, what an unbelievable contrast in how radio was done when it was just a mom and pop thing to we've seen both sides of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And corporate radio hasn't done anybody any favors. You know, it's, it's, you know, you, 
radio is you unfortunately they they the you know with the corporations they put the bean counters in charge and you know what the only thing that could save radio is is going back to the to to where it was and being local but the bean counters you know they don't you know you get the one guy that does the five voice tracks and six markets and you know or in in this market you got you got four or five station ownerships and they do a uh, they do a broad you know uh, the same person does the middays on one station afternoon on the other and night on the other you know radio is like a, a personal you know a personal medium and when you lose that I mean see the great thing about like when we were doing the show it was like a personal medium. You know, I mean, people knew us. We talked about local stuff. We didn't talk about, you know, people like local. I think that that that's a great point. And I think that when the way we the way it was done back then was you had a person on manning the station all hours of the day, night, seven days a week. And I think that was the beginning of the end when they started at overnights on the weekend and just slowly whittled it away till now. If you were to look at the on-air lineup of any radio station in New York City, there's three people that work there. We had like 15 to 20 people that worked at the radio station on the air. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, and it it just made it more personal, you know. It just, they talk, you know, you get these, you know, you get these corporate PDs that, think that they're smarter than everybody else. And really all they like to do is just, you know, well, I'm not going to say <laughs> um, corporate, no. PDs, you know, they just, you know, they, they like the power. I remember uh, before I was lucky enough to get the job at Z93, I discovered the radio station and I had come from Detroit and I knew that there was big personalities in Detroit. And I thought, well, um, and I, I heard, I heard, Two Men and a Babe in the Morning. I heard Connie Shilke Middays. I heard Tim Hartley Afternoons. I heard Rick Ellis at night. And I heard Doug Doug Brooker on the overnight. And I went, wow, what a lineup. And I can still remember the lineup to this day because it all meant something to me. You know what I right. mean? So it was kind of like I, I, uh, I gravitated to the station because of it kind of fulfilled. I thought, oh, well, this is cool. We've got that type of radio here in northern Michigan or, or I guess mid-Michigan. Um, so that, that was cool. And, um, you know, then getting a part-time job there on the overnight, I was, I couldn't believe it. I, to this day, get excited and chills thinking about, oh my God, I'm on this 39,000 watt, 50,000 watt equivalent radio station. Here I am making five bucks an hour. I couldn't be more excited than right now. And I remember you were one of the, you were the first person, you were the first person I interacted with. I walked into that mobile home and I sat there. Do you remember Becky, the one who would work the front desk? Yes. Oh my God. She was, this was at a time when you could, you could flirt with people and they're like, Oh, Oh Joe, knock it off. Quit grabbing my ass. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I did that with Becky. I think I was, Becky was like life problems, Becky. (laughs) No, there's always, there's always one person in the office that has a plethora of life problems. It's like they walk around with a cloud over their head. You know, their, their car got stolen in the morning and their kid ran away from home the night before. Oh yeah. And by the way, she's got diverticulitis or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's, 
Yeah, that was that was her. So, okay, off I go. Now, uh, years later, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm making my way in, and I actually had a notion after several years of the radio station that I'm going to be here for the rest of my life, and I couldn't be happier. And that, and that was fine. I was, I was actually content with that. I enjoyed it. Um, then there was the, the day, the Mike Ferris incident, who I talk with Mike still to this day. This was the single most epic thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life when it comes to drama at a radio station. And I, I still mention it to him, and he still laughs to this day about it. So will you go down that road with me? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Because so, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even there for it. No. All I did, all I did was, was the, the, the morning after I get a call, hey, could you bring a vacuum cleaner to the station? Okay. So now you got to understand Joe has at this point, he's already turned his life around. Uh, Joe was a, is a drunk and so am I. And uh, in fact, when I stopped drinking, Joe was a big part of helping me recover. I mean, Joe, Joe, um, uh, when I I was at the Joe, the poor boy, four man scramble to benefit Easter seals is the last day I drank. It was June of 1996. I don't remember the date, but uh, it was bad, you know? And so, um, you know, Joe was um, a big, a big help for me in, in getting better. So Joe was also a big help for our pal, Mike, who was the boss. Now, Mike was a fucking ball breaker, you know, and he, he didn't, he didn't like fucking around or anything like that. And uh, he was, you know, a little bit short tempered. One day the radio station had great ratings and and I don't, I don't know anything about ratings, but I walk up to the radio station and everybody's having a ratings party because they did well. And, and Mike Thomas got his general manager, got rest his soul and everybody's no. drinking, drinking champagne and having a good time. And, and a, a friend of Joe's and mine, a guy by the name of Rick church, who's now in Florida. He, I remember him saying to me, Hey, uh, poor boy. Cause that's what was my name. I go. Yeah. He goes, I th- cause he hadn't been there very long. He goes, I think that Ferris guy is getting a little frisky. <laughs> <laughs> With Shar. Now Shar was a sales executive. She's a really nice lady, cute. And uh and I go, huh? What are you talking about? I go, yeah, I, I got a feeling there's something going on. And I, I I didn't even pay attention to it. Um everybody leaves. I walk out into that area where the Becky, the, the receptionist, would work. And I look out that window and there's another building where the salespeople were like sales executives would work. It's another mobile home. It's a second mobile home. Right. They just brought in, they, they figured we needed salespeople. So they brought in a second mobile, no bathrooms or anything, just another <laughs> mobile home. You had to go from one mobile home to the other mobile home to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so holy shit. I look out the window and Mike is on top of her. <laughs> <laughs> on a desk. And I'm like, Oh my God. Now I am my own. I'm the only one that knows this. Okay. Um, I go down the hallway and there's this head engineer. He's still, he works, uh, I think in Lansing to this day, his name is Kevin. And, uh, um, uh, I, I said to Kevin, I go, Kevin, something's going on. Uh, and I explained to him what's happening. And I go, um, okay, this is, this is terrible. And he's like, oh my God. All right. So then I go back to the studio and the phone rings. It's the hotline and I pick it up and, uh, hello. I just, you just say hello, you know, and, and, uh, it's Mike's wife. And she says, hello, this is Mrs. So-and-so. 
is my husband there? So I realize I'm fucked because if I say yes, I'm screwed. If I say no, I'm lying. I don't know what to do. And I say, I kind of like, I don't remember what I said. If I said, I think I did say, no, he's not here. Okay. Which in, is kind of true because he wasn't in the room that I was in, nor was he in the mobile home that I was in at the time. All right. So then I go to Kevin. I go, Kevin, dude, what if she comes here? And he goes, nah, she'll never do that. She'll never do that. And then I'll never forget it because I was turning on the mic coming out of Metallica's Enter Sandman. And Kevin's running down the hall going, she's here. She's here. She's here. And I'm like, oh, no. And the mic's on. And you hear uh, impact of one car hitting another. She smashed her car into someone's car. Holy shit. So this is a catastrophe. And uh, I close the door. I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be like some, you know, an episode of Snap where somebody's going to get killed. And so all I know is I hear glass breaking and I hear screaming. And then I come walking out a minute later, acting like I don't know what's going on. And I open the door and I go, hey, what's going on? And Ferris's shirt is ripped. I think she's tried to kill him. He's bleeding. <laughs> and I go, and he's drunk. And he goes, you know, if you say anything, you're fucking fired. And I go, oh, okay, smile you later. I go back in, slam the door. Holy shit. Oh, my God. So this ends, and then they go, they leave. Mike's wife calls me and says, thanks for lying to me. And I'm like, ah. And so I tried to explain where I was, and I ended up being her, like, therapy for, like, three hours. I'm talking to this poor lady. I felt so bad. Meanwhile, while that's happening, uh, she had gotten a hold of the chick's boyfriend, so he knows what's up. He kicks her out, drives her back to the radio station, throws all her clothes that are in garbage bags on the front lawn. I've got to console her, so I'm consoling her. She's in a production room crying in a corner, and I'm talking to the missus on the phone. I'm doing all of this while I'm trying to do a radio show, Joe. Oh. Yeah, I was at a bowling alley doing a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, uh, yeah, they, they all, everybody called the bowling alley. Oh, Jesus. My God. Yeah, it was it was pandemonium. And then we had like an all all staff meeting and Mike. I, he saved it. He he uh, he fucking hasn't drank since. And yep. he's he somehow brought it back. I don't know how he did, but he his. What a saint of a wife she was. How about her? You know, I mean, that is really one for the ages. Yeah, I think it took us a few days to get the blood off the windows. <laughs> and in, in fact, I talked to Mike from time to time. I go, look, I say to him, I go, hey, how, how, how's your wife? And he goes, she's fine. She still doesn't like you. I go, what do you mean she doesn't like me? I, 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 I'm the one that I'm the helper. I was I was trying. I was doing the, all I could to keep that. To keep her, uh, you know, but whatever. It doesn't matter. At this point, I'm just glad that he's okay. Glad he's healthy or healthy and she's and she's doing good. So, but my God, what a time. What a time, Joe. Oh, yeah. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. I, I, I go through moments like that where I'm like, I just gotta, I just got, I, I, I have to talk to someone. And that's kind of how it came up with you when I, when I heard that, uh, well, I talked to you once when I moved back to Michigan and then 
that was about it. And then uh, when I heard you that you that you fell sick, I was like, holy shit, I got to I got to get him on. So this is a perfect opportunity. Um, you ended up uh, got out of radio and uh, uh, tell me where your brain is and that. Tell me tell me what you can tell me about all of that, because after I left, you remained on on C93 for for years. What happened? Well, apparently there are a few things that you can't say to people. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I've 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 dealt with it, you know. I mean, everything, yeah. everything has to come to an end, you know. Yep, yep. Um, when I left the radio station, they uh, there was a lady by the name of Nancy Diamond who ran oh. the radio station. And she's Nancy, still around. She's still around? I believe she's in Flint. Okay. Nancy said, we're going to continue to call the show Joe and the Poor Boy. What were your thoughts about continuing to call the show Joe and the Poor Boy? Yeah, that wasn't the uh, wisest of. <laughs> In fact, it was, if, if you remember, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, Jack that, uh, that uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jack Lawson was the PD. He, yeah. It, he, his, it was his brainchild, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was him. Uh, if you remember, if you remember uh, uh, Jack, Jack was the guy that uh, was uh, smarter than everybody. Oh, just, he was a pain in the ass. Just ask him. Um, yeah, yeah, he was he was the one that wanted to uh, he, when he, when he first got there wanted to take the uh, wanted to take the uh, Saturday Night Show off. The captain. Yeah, yeah. the one with uh, the one with like a thirty five share. Right. Right. Huh? And I, it's funny. I was just bragging about you uh, before you got on about how how big that was, and no one could explain it. it it's pointless to try to explain why. No, all it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if you've got two flies fucking on the air, as long as it has a thirty-five share, and it was from beginning yeah. to end. It always had that. And I don't, I'll never understand why he would ever want to do that. You can say what you will about it being stupid or this, that it doesn't matter. I mean, well, so. radio, radio guys, radio guys never got that show and they never will because it, it basically broke all the formatic rules It it didn't, you know, there was no back cell. There was no front cell. There was no, you know, uh, you know, I could basically do what I want, you know, you know, God bless Tom Petty, but Tom Petty didn't belong on Saturday night. You know, you, you want to, you know, you just, it, it was a, it was a show that was done by a radio guy, you know, or, or not a radio guy, but a radio fan, you know, it was just, you know, it was just, you know, given, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be anything, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, if a record, I just uh, got uh, tired of a record in the middle of it. I just stop it. Stopped it. Stop. I'll never forget it. Uh, that I, Before I even thought about applying for a job there, in 1991, I was, just to give you an example of what you were dealing with. In 1991, I was at a party at a bonfire and drinking heavily. And you're talking 30, 40 people. And I'll never forget it. It was uh, it was like a, a warrant song or some hair band that we played back then. And it was just noise, background noise. And a lot of people smoking, drinking. And then you started talking before I even knew you. And the room, that not the room, the outside area, everybody stopped. And it got really quiet. And so there you are going, ah! 
Why, Captain Socks? Why? And you're doing that. And everybody's like, oh, what's he going to say next? And it was, I was like, holy shit. Like, a, I mean, how did, how is this even a thing? They're, they're not listening to the music. They're waiting for him to do that. And then I was like, wow, that is, that is a command. And um, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the show. It was set up for people who are doing that exact thing, smoking, drinking on a, uh, on a Saturday night, you know? Right. And, and uh, I think the key was the people listening, because if, if you remember, I would put, you know, 20, 30 calls an hour on the air, you know, people really think that they, People really think that they could, you know, you could call in and actually talk because I would stop records if a conversation was good enough and and put uh, put somebody on the air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and, and, you know, it it just kind of from seven to midnight. That was the show. And um, I'll never forget. Oh, my God. I'm following the captain. Okay, I actually would take over for you when I was just a part timer. And man, I tell you what, for like three hours, there was a residual effect of your show with me. And so, I mean, it was to, to get that amount of people calling in was quite a thrill for me making five bucks an hour. But it was it was absolutely awesome. Yeah, don't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the dumbest thing ever. It wasn't meant to be like, you know, it was just it, it was it was just a dumb show. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't any thought behind it. I mean, the voices weren't that good. I didn't, you know, I didn't even make the voice that good. It was no. just, uh, ah, you know, <laughs> it was just an old crabby guy yelling. And Can you tell me what the, um, how, how you got the idea to do it and how like the, the genesis of the whole bit started? Oh, it was real simple. It was like, uh, uh, we talked about, uh, Mike Ferris, you know, that was when, uh, that was when uh, pirate radio started. And I, well, what, if you remember Los Angeles, they tried to do corporate pirate radio, you know, as dangerous as a bunch of guys in suits in a room can be, you know, well, we, Ferris and I were, well, what happened if we used like a real pirate, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a, ah, you know, kind of a crusty, the clown before there was crusty, the clown. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, and so, uh, and uh, so, yeah, that was it. Incredible. And uh, the bird was just me going, ah, you know. Yeah, I'm Captain Sockside. I put like five things on a cart and just wrote, you know. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know what was coming up. When, yeah. uh, when now was it actually Jack who said, "All right, I want the show done." Well, Jack said he would see when he took over. He okay. Would, he would see that. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk about the future of the show. And then eventually he just said, okay, no more. No, he, uh, it, it won over because I sold some sponsors on it. And, okay. Well, you got to run the jacket. Yeah. Jack was, you know, one of these, you know, programming guys. He was the guy that, you know, we used to have to fight with Jack to get the, uh, you know, every other station had their morning show in their ID. Okay. You know, uh, um, you're listening to blah blah blah, home of blah, blah, blah. yeah, Joe yeah. and the poor boy in the morning, best rock yeah. all day, right? Not Jack, not uh, not that genius. No, you know? yeah, why would we want to put that in the uh, 
put that in the ID. You know, right. he's the same guy that didn't want to change the name of the show. He was an overthinker. I remember uh, particular, there was uh, just uh, very, a lot of nuanced conversations where a lot of time was spent on really silly, trivial things that could have been spent that time doing something that was productive. He was corporate before corporate was was really corporate because he was the essence of corporate. We got to study this and we got to, you know, radio is just something you do, man. You don't, you know, well, we got to study, uh, study the uh, concepts and the, the uh, yeah. just do it. You were, um, um, well, you, I don't know of anybody who's ever done this. You would do the morning show. And then, um, you know, as the morning winds down, um, you would then go and sell advertising for the radio station. And for like 30 plus years, you made a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, I've never heard of anybody uh, before you that has done that and no one since. Uh, take me through. Uh, you know what, how, how it was working. Cause I remember you put it in so many hours. I couldn't believe that you were able to pull it all off because you'd go from, uh, you know, four in the morning to seven at night every single day. Well, nobody's been that, nobody's that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody is, you know, I mean, when, when we first started, I mean, it was, it was a small station. So everybody did everything. You know, I I just started off on the mornings by accident. You know, uh, um, Ferris again and uh, his partner uh, at the time, Joe Martin. They they uh, you know Mike at the time was very difficult to work with, and anybody that worked with Mike closely for any length of time wanted to stab him in the heart. Yeah. So, so uh, their their morning show got to that point. So. They Ferris uh, was doing something, and he saw me at at a comedy club doing some stand up. And go, hey, I didn't know that. And well, <laughs> duh, I've been on your staff for a few years. Here. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I've uh, and so yeah. Then the show started. Uh, that's how I started, and it wasn't until like three or four years into the uh, morning show that they decided to pay me just separately for the morning show. <laughs> they didn't even pay you. No, they just, <laughs> well, we'll just, but then again, you know, with these mom and pop radio owners, it was, it was the, uh, you know, if you, uh, we were uh, owned, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. He was an ad ever in advertising in Detroit, but he came. Charlie, up, Charlie, you're talking about Charlie. Nope. Before Charlie. Okay. He came up uh, to. He came up and said, uh, uh, "Hey, the uh, FCC's coming up. Okay, uh, you're you're an you're an American Indian, aren't you?" I said, "No, my name is Volk. I'm German." <laughs> well, if you could be an American Indian for a week yeah. when the FCC is here, we would we would certainly appreciate it. Oh. So you got it. So like for the equal employment thing, I guess is that yeah uh, yeah they. Oh. <laughs> So a guy with the last name Volk was, how is that even a close to being Native American? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my my real name's Running Water, but uh, yeah, I, well, I I tan well. That was about yeah, right. It. 
you know, so, so yeah, could you, uh, could you be, uh, could you be a, a Native American for a week? Okay, so now it goes uh, Ferris and and Joe Martin and then Joe Martin and Joe Volk and then you bring on a young lady. I forget the was it Stacy? Was that her yes. name? Yes. Yes. That, that two men and a babe is born. Okay, so the two men and a babe show happens. Okay, then they got rid of the babe. Well, that and uh, and Joe left uh, to pursue a career in medicine. Then enter Mark Arturi. Oh. <laughs> Now Mark is still to this day. He's in showbiz. I was. I did a little check in on Mark. He's in Chicago, uh, Chicago land. He used to always say, "Oh, I'm from Chicago," but he's from Aurora. He wasn't right. from Chicago. He's from Aurora. And you know, I mean, he was hokey as hell. Uh, but whatever. It it went for a period of time, and then I was going to get out of radio, and then Rick Church was now the program director. Ferris had left, and Rick says, "Hey, uh, I, be, before you leave." This is what I think we want to do. And you and Rick had kind of, I guess, talked about this or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and to, to be fair to Mark, I mean, I mean, Ferris hired him without us ever meeting. Yes. Right. And that's that's very rare. That never happens. Here's your here's your new partner. Yeah. And, you know, Mike promised him a lot of things that never happened. You know, right. Right. He was going to he was going to be. You know the man. He was going to be the when I'm. Well, wait, wait a minute. I'm the man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. We talked about it, and bam. Right, and uh, so now when when uh, when it comes to the show, Joe is the big driving force. He's the id of the show. You know, it, there's there's a lot a lot of the uh, almost all of the creative thing about it was was Joe's driving, and Joe would come up with ideas and he write bits. And then uh, I was I would try to do voices and things like that. And it just kind of worked. Yes. Um, it, uh, it it even started to click before I started on mornings because I would do the anyhow well impression. And then uh, I had a character called Cecil. And yep. it, was, it was getting traction and it was fun. And Joe um, said, hey, why don't you we're going to call you and wake your ass up in the morning and you got to do these bits. So. Fuck, man, that was fun. I look back on those uh, as just great, great times. And that's that was the beginning of starting to do mornings, was that, right? All of that stuff that you l- gave me that opportunity. Yeah, I love I love characters. I mean, I love, uh, you know, I your characters were great. You know, I love writing for characters. And the cool thing about it was it was so amateurish, you know, that... <laughs> Yeah, you know, the the point was we would try to crack each other up. <laughs> you, if if you remember when you you would do George blah blah, <laughs> and yes. and one day I I decided to do Rick Mahorn, and it was the worst, funniest. But the but the audiences audiences like that stuff. Right they, when you they, when you when you break character when it cracks you up. Right, right when it's if it's if it's funny to us it's funny to them and really that's the only test I ever used. Gosh, this is really funny to me. <laughs> now and that's true and and when I um a lot of what I did <clears throat> I ripped off from the style of radio as uh, uh, George Beyer from JJ and the Morning Crew in Detroit and. Um, so I kind of use that as like a, 
a muse or a template. And in particular, I remember doing that Dirty Ernie character, which is an impression of Ernie Harwell. And one time before uh, I, I wasn't on mornings, I, you would call me at my house and I was living in Midland. And there was a I, the bit was everything would lead to a long, drawn out story by me that you would like, oh, God, this is terrible. This is so boring. I know it sounds stupid right now, but it was really fucking funny. Trust me. And one moment in particular, I was describing an old an old time baseball player, Joe, by the name of Fuzzy Folger. And the, and the player's name was Folger because I was making coffee as I'm doing it for the morning. And you can hear the can rattling. And then the, these guys start cracking up. And then uh, Mark goes, Fuzz, or, uh, Ernie, are you making coffee right now? And I go, oh, wow, look at that. I, his name's Fuzzy Folger. His name's right on the can here. Holy cow. And it was just ridiculous, man. And then, so everybody's cracking up and laughing their asses off. And that was, oh, my God. I look back. I... Uh, key points in my brain are just burned there forever. And I don't remember anything, but I remember those moments because they right. were really, really special, you know? Well, then that's that's what's lost in radio now because it's all so corporate and sanitized that that it just is, is you know. Yeah. And it's 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 remarkable, Joe. Um, that, that That's kind of what I, what I want to get into with you now is, um, do you think this could possibly just go away? What radio? Yeah. Oh, radio's already gone away. They just—they're dead. They just don't know it yet. You know, I think that, you know, until until radio figures out a way to make money, um, without like the five or six minute commercial break, they're going to have trouble because again, who in in today's on demand world like your podcast here or Alexa or Spotify or all these other Who's going to sit through five, six minutes of, of commercials? I think it's uh, that's a fair point. And I think that if you were to go, let's say you work, you're in the break room at work, anywhere USA, and there's 20 people sitting there. And if you just blurted out, raise your hand if you've listened to the radio today. And then raise your hand if you've done, and you could say any, any online source, doesn't matter what. And that could be TikTok videos, YouTube videos, Spotify, all the things you just said. They'd all go up. And I mean, nowadays, outside of the car, people don't even have a radio. Right. Now, right. one of the things that ratings Arbitron or Nielsen did was they allow online listening to factor into the measurement, which I don't know if that necessarily is going to help because I still don't know anybody who is going to go to a radio station on their phone and listen to what's there because of what you just said, those long blocks of commercials. We don't need commercials anymore. No, no, and, and until they figure out a way to 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 make money, and and again, radio. If if radio would just go back to to what it did best, I mean, radio, great radio is local. When you bring in all these corporate people, when you bring in the consultants, when you bring in all those other people, they just they just ruin it because radio should be a reflection of of your community and not, you know, I, when, when I was doing the show, you know, I didn't want some consultant in Buffalo to get the show. I wanted the person in Bay city, Michigan to get the show because that's where the, you know, so you talk about Bay city stuff. You talk about Saginaw stuff. You talk about Midland stuff. You know? Yeah. I remember, um, 
and I think that we 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 worked very hard to try to make that a thing because the news that was big around there, there was a lot of gigantic personalities in and around where we live. There's this gentleman by the name of Art Door. And uh, I, I don't know if Art's still kicking today, but Art uh, was the guy who created the Tough Man Contest. Right. And unbelievable entrepreneur. And a he's like a pro wrestling character, this guy. I mean, right. he is... Um, can, I would even say he's feared. He's the type of guy who yes. you do not fuck with this guy. Hello, nice to meet you. You don't say shit negative, negative about this guy. And uh, it's those type of personalities that that and and the news that happened around there. We would we immersed ourselves in it so that it was almost like it was a utopia or a banana republic. We were talking about the shit going on and, and writing bits about it. I remember there was once one bit you wrote, Joe, because every year there's a harvest of sugar beets. Yes. Okay. And Joe wrote a bit, a pre-recorded bit about a car product that you put on your car called beat off. <laughs> Because and the idea was when you're driving on the road and if sugar beets fall off the truck and hit your car, you want to have some beat off on your car. <laughs> and you know, I might still have that bit somewhere on a reel to reel tape around here, Joe. Yeah, it wasn't rocket science. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, because you would leave me the scripts for these for these bits, and I'm like, I, and you you would actually hand write it pen and paper with with the lines i'm like oh my god this is fucking unbelievable so then joe would actually write a bit and i would go and make it that was the process he'd write it i'd make it and then while making it i'd throw in little nuances and things like that not not changing the overall crux of the thing of the thing but and then he wouldn't even listen to the fucking thing and then we just put it on the next day <laughs> right well i mean that's that was that was great radio yeah God, I, I, I look back on that. I made uh, $22,000 a year, but man, I didn't have a complaint in the world. I loved it. It was absolutely spectacular. Man. Uh oh, somebody's asked. I'm just reading the comments on the side. Is it possible to find old Z93 Joe and the Poor Boy clips? Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. I have, I have all those best of reels in my basement. You do? Really? The reel to reels? Wow. Remember oh, the weekly. The, we did the first weekly best of shows. Yeah, that before, was that was before other people were doing best of shows. Yeah, I, that's exactly right. Um, and and it was actual on on reel to reel. Um, yes, had the, had the old school way of doing it. Had to had to edit with a with a tape editor and cut the tape and and all that shit. It was uh, everything was a process. But man, we I can't imagine. Um, I, I don't even remember when, when radio switch, you know, it seems like it was just almost like a gradual thing. You know, I remember we like made a big deal about because we had CDs. Yeah. Yeah. And then because we had CDs, nobody could smoke in the studio anymore because we were going through three CD players a, a month. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was the thing we, I remember I would go in there and be cigar smoking there cause you'd be constantly smoking cigars. <laughs> Do you do you still smoke cigars? No, no. I, I haven't smoked cigars in a while. No kidding. The stroke thing kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Joe, um, how many people had the name Poor Boy? I remember there was a dude named Zach right after me. Yeah. He didn't he didn't last long. No, that was a, a Jack thing. Jack decided 
Jack decided he was going to hire the uh, overnight guy to do mornings, and and he was a uh, he was he was a great guy, but he was in just he was in over his head. I can't imagine the stress you would get because I was under a lot of stress where I was trying to fill in for Drew. It was terrible. I can imagine him assuming the name made it a million times worse. The amount of shit that you guys caught over that. Well, yeah, that, and he was the overnight guy. So he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't very good. No, it wasn't great. Um, so then uh, let's see, who do we do after Zach? I think we did Kangas. That is Todd Kangas. Yes. Yeah. He was doing and, afternoons. I and think. he, is he still with this, with the radio station? No, no. He okay. uh, went off to do a, he went off to Indianapolis to do some syndicated thing with a woman, and that didn't, and that didn't work. And let's see who after uh, then it was Jay. Um, Jay was working, uh, working. Uh, yeah, then we did Jay, and uh, then uh, finally Adam uh, before <laughs> before, okay, the, before that was it. And then when when you left, the the name of the show changed, obviously, yeah. and. Um, uh, who is, is Jay or uh, is Adam still on the morning show now? I think so. Yeah. I haven't listened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. Incredible. I remember you and I used to regularly get on the air with other radio stations <laughs> and, and you would write what I was supposed to say. It was easier for me to get on because your voice is more distinct than mine. People would, as soon as you said hello, they would know it was you. One gentleman in particular was a man by the name of Johnny Burke. And uh, I've actually actually spoke with him years ago. Uh, I I forgot why he reached out to me. I think he got cut loose and I think I I talked to him about something. Um, But uh, we we used to get on there and say nasty shit on the air on these other shows. I think he would put live calls on. Yeah. And and, uh, we we had heard through the grapevine that he threw a chair through a wall or some shit after we got out of the air. Well, and the funny thing was, was we when they with all the consolidation, we ended up working in the same building together. Oh, no shit. Down the hall. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It was you and then the folks at IOG and the folks at HNN. Everybody was kind of in the same room. It was the same building. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Consolidation. <laughs> yeah, my God. There was a time when we put on another radio station called The Blitz. Yep. And dude, that was the like the one of the first automated radio stations in America, and it actually had an actual jukebox full of CDs. But before that, we actually had to go and put tape and and pre-recorded tapes on. Oh, fuck! What were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, they ran Captain reruns on Monday through Friday. Yes. Oh, Jesus, Joe. Yeah, uh, I could. I can sit there and talk about this stuff forever. I, 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 I tell everybody what you're doing now, Joe. You're actually still making money being a being a sales guy. Yeah, I uh, work for uh, the baseball team here in Midland. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> okay, all right. You're not, not you're selling selling tickets or, or uh, like advertising tickets. Nice, nice. Well, I've heard a lot of great things about that place. It's called Dow Diamond, I believe, and uh, yep. it's just a. A really great place to work, and I've heard uh, nothing but good things about that. Wow. And uh, now your kids are brilliant. They're both supposed to be doctors. Is that what I'm understanding? What are they What are they studying? No, one is uh, in New York working. He's a corporate guy working for British Aeronautics. And the other's, uh, other's got one more year of uh, med school left. Dude, that's incredible. I, I can't believe it. I remember it, uh, Jamie was the one that was in the hospital for a long time. Yep. 
upon birth. I will never forget it, man. That poor little guy, he was in there forever. Three pounds, one ounce. Wow. The twins. Fantastic. Your lovely bride, Angela, has uh, been the been the uh, rock of the family since the very beginning. I'm sure you'll probably agree with that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was great. It, Diana and her worked together at a place, and she still continued to work in that field, right? Yeah, she uh, owns her own business now when, when she's not collecting dogs. Oh, so. you got a few? Oh, God. Yeah. Wait, we've got four. So do we. Oh! That is awesome. Holy shit. So do we. And, you know, if I could get rid of them today, I would. Oh, come on. Oh. That's bullshit. You love them. Oh, I'm too old. <laughs> Joe, what about radio, man? What if, what if, is there, is there any hope that you could get back on the radio? Would you ever even consider that? I mean, what? No. Just, just, no. yeah. I think. With social media and all this other noise, first of all, there isn't anybody that would ever put me on. And second of all, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm just too old to deal with the deal with uh, really this and this and oh, these people are mad. These people are mad. I don't care. You right. know, I mean, every, our our favorite hobby now is 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 being offended for for people that uh, with stuff that doesn't even affect us. You know, and uh, I just, you know, I, I'm not saying never, but at the same time, you know, I just, you know, I don't even have social media accounts. So, and my, my life got 100% better when I got rid of all my social media accounts. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be that much to, to actually pull back. I mean, anytime I lose my phone for a significant time, I'm like, you know, I, I, I should probably ho- hope that it stays lost because I can, I can understand that. I, I don't care what you had for dinner. Social, social media is, is people trying to, trying to justify, justify, you know, their lives, you know, by proving to others when they're really trying to prove to themselves that they, you know, that their life is meaningful and all that. And I don't know, I don't need social media to tell me that my life is, is meaningful or anything. Exactly. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I think that there is uh, I mean, if you, if you, if you kind of want to cut out all the distractions, I can totally. Well, it's like, it's, it's like people post on social media because they want, they want affirmation and they want, they want all that sort of stuff and or you know people like to post their stupid opinions on social media about things that they don't know anything about right right and everybody gets mad about everything you know whatever whatever happened to the concept about you know agree to disagree exactly exactly okay And I, and I, and I, I think I fall victim to that too. I mean, I I know that when I see somebody that says something that I don't like my, my gut reaction is, is that is, is type of like, I, I I don't, I'm kind of like, I wish I had a dimmer switch instead of, instead of an on off switch. Yeah. And you know, I mean, if that's a person's opinion, okay. As long as it doesn't, as, as long as it doesn't harm me, I don't care. 
you know. That's, yeah, that, I, I I wish I did that. I but I'm always I'm I'm like the type when I see someone's opinion that I don't like, I always I always have the urge to say something stupid about them, like saying, "Hey, you're stupid," and tell them. No, you know, you know every everybody has the right to be stupid. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it just I I just can't get myself caught up in all that that sort of drama and and that sort of just yeah. You know, it's it's funny because we were talking about and here's here's the deep philosophical stuff of the day. You know, we we were talking at a at a AA meeting about the meaning of maturity. What the definition of maturity is is when you finally realize that you're not the only person on this planet. That's, yeah. that, that is, that's absolutely true because you then know, you're, that, you're, you're, you're considering others. Right. Well, it's that whole, well, I'm offended. So you need to take this down or I'm offended and you need to do this. I'm offended. You need to, well, mature person goes, mm, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. That's, other people have the, have the right to, to, to do stuff. And again, as long as they're not in my backyard, you know, taking right. my family hostage. I don't care. You know, go ahead. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I know you're busy. I know that this has been awesome talking to you and I, I, I'd love to get you back on here to kind of like, just, I don't know, whatever, uh, further down the road, if there's anything coming up, I'd love to bounce stuff off you. If you're, if you're open yeah. to that. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll be, uh, talking starting Wednesday for the uh, next three months. I'll be talking like a stroke victim, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, maybe. We'll, <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect time. <laughs> but, uh, hey, good to talk with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, this is probably the worst time to ask this, but uh, uh, Carol, the hot babe in the office, alive or dead? I don't know. <laughs> when, 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 when I left, I haven't talked to any of them. So oh, okay. Gotcha. So, and not because I was mad or anything. It's just, you know what? It's just time to, you know, yeah. you can't relitigate the past. The past is the past. And, you know, you don't even know if you have a future. So you just basically have to play the game that's in gotcha. front of you today. You know, that's yep. the only thing I can do anything about. So. All right. The legendary Joe Volk. If you, if, if you go to Midland, buy a baseball ticket and buy it from Joe. Thank you, sir. All right, Joe. Talk to you, buddy. There you go. The one and only Joe Volk. There you go. The one and only Joe Volk from the world famous, back in the day, the Joe and the Poor Boy Show. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, I just... Um, I had to ban Patriot Nick... Because he said, did you know Eric's woke? Shut up. And says, welcome to Bizarre Monday. Things are in reverse. Zane's cranky and timeout happy, but Kenny's actually in a good mood. Stranger things, I guess. Shut up. Are you gonna, if you're going to get another one. Jesse says, if you're interested in a good social, uh, in a good argument on giving up social media and benefits after Zane has done podcasting, of course. So Patriot Nick, he has to swallow uh, uh, 300 seconds of timeout. 
Kenny says, I love how much Eric keeps cracking up. You can tell he's really loving catching up with Joe here. Amanda says, yeah, I'm just letting Zane do his thing. What the hell's that supposed to mean? As opposed to you not letting me do my thing? 300 seconds right there. Totally kidding. But no, you've got 300 seconds. Wow. Uh, uh, Jerry, Kevin's dad, Kevin Corbett's dad, says back in the day, these two had the best radio in the morning. Eric, not trying to read comments, getting pissed, all going to end up in timeout. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read a one of them. It's only now that I'm that I'm reading the dynamic and seeing who deserves a timeout. Uh, Kenny says, "Sorry, you've had a bad morning, Amanda." Well, there you go. That ain't gonna help. Yeah, every Kenny's good. Leave him alone. All right. Thanks to Joe for being on. That was fun. I cannot believe how much he hasn't changed. He looks the same. That pisses me off right there. That pisses me right off. Okay. Uh, I've got more, but guess what? i got to pee again. So you guys got to sit there. I'll be back in a minute or else I can't continue. Hold that thought. More coming up. All right. Okay, before I got to catch up here, my apologies. <clears throat> this is going to be long. Well, the show is. There's, there's a lot to do yet. Okay. If you or someone you know is about to turn 65, Medicare is in your future. The government says you're insured. Congratulations. If only it were that easy. Excuse me. There's uh, several nuanced things that need to take place in order for this to happen appropriately. And the good news is I have someone who can help you navigate that as an expert in everything Medicare. And the best news on top of that is it's free. If you or someone you know or love is getting ready to utilize our wonderful Medicare system and be part of that for the remainder of your life, it makes perfect sense to have an insurance agent slash broker whose job it is to help facilitate that for you. Frank the Tank Fuss at My Policy Shop Insurance, online at mypolicyshop.com, is an expert on this thing and how this works with frank is uh you don't have to pay for it okay uh you can go to the website actually buyinsurancehere.com and fill out the form that's buyinsurancehere.com and it's just a your name all the pertinent information and then he knows what he's dealing with. And then he begins the process with you to getting you set up or someone you know or love set up with Medicare. So just remember this. Someone you know or love mention, hey, do you have a broker? And they'll be like, huh, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, I, I listened to this podcast. Uh, a broker, make sure that you have all of the T's crossed and the I's dotted for your Medicare policy as you uh, dive into that. And there's no cost. 
Okay, so this is all I want you to do. Go to uh, buyinsurancehere.com. That's buyinsurancehere.com. That's the website that uh, Frank Fuss has built. Okay, and you fill that out. That's all you have to do. And then he's going to contact you. So if that person in your life is uh, being uh, is approaching the time that they would utilize Medicare, I can't even talk. This is what you want to do. Thank you to Frank at MyPolicyShop.com. Again, I'll put it in the notes. BuyInsuranceHere.com. So important. Don't let this pass by. Don't do it on your own. Have Frank do all the heavy lifting, and you don't even have to pay for it. It's a free service. I wouldn't be telling you about this if it wasn't free. He makes his money through the insurance companies. Okay? When he introduces a person to them, that's how he gets paid. You're not paying for this. But he needs you when you're getting to that point. Buyinsurancehere.com. Uh, comedy at Back Alley Comedy Club. What do we have coming up? All right. The next time that we're talking comedy, unless Don posts uh, a, a, another show in the near future, uh, you've got Gary Owen. He's going to be at uh, Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon, part of Sherman Bowling Center, uh, Thursday, August 5th. And then Friday, August 6th, at the Park Theater in Holland, Gary Owen. Then on Saturday... Uh, Gary has uh, two shows at Spectrum Lanes. And then on Sunday, Gary Owen has two shows at Billy's Lounge. This, it, wow, that is a lot of comedy. So you're talking one, two, three, four, five, six shows with Gary Owen. Uh, Back Alley Comedy Club. I will uh, put a link in the comments of this podcast for you to get tickets. Uh, tickets for Gary Owen start at 35 bucks. an entire night of comedy uh, down the road. The week of Tuesday, August 24th, John Heffron and John Reap are together for shows at Howard City Lanes, Spectrum Lanes, Park Theater, Rockford Lanes, uh, Sherman Bowling Center. Awesome. So there you go. Uh, all the information can be found uh, if you go to backalleycomedyclub.com. Or just click uh, click on the link in the show notes. Thank you to uh, Don over at Back Alley Comedy Club for being a sponsor on board with this show. We are still in the process of trying to get him back on his feet, by the way. So go to a comedy show, all right? Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, no, COVID numbers are taking off. Well, you know what? Um, uh, I, I, I think we're just going to take it as it comes. If we can go out, I'm going out. Uh, if they suddenly say you can't go out, then I won't go out. You know, I'm going to try to follow the rules, but for right now, uh, I'm just taking it as it comes. Do what you can. I say, hang on. Okay. Last week we talked about this unbelievable rage quit that happened. On a uh, podcast that I talked about with um, Soft Weekly on this show. Soft Weekly has the podcast called Someone Needs to Say It. And he, in fact, knows these people that are featured in this rage quit uh, on another podcast. It's unbelievable footage. What you got there is you got this group of guys doing a show in different parts of the world. uh, And one guy gets fed up because 
Um, one guy presents a story, and the other guy's like, that's a stupid story. Why are we even talking about this first? That's a terrible story. Well, one guy named Philly Fanatic freaks out about this. Okay? And uh, we featured it when Soft Weekly was on, and um, I'm bringing this up because these guys got back together on Soft Weekly show, Someone Needs to Say It, just the other day. And he sent me clips of what had happened when they all got together. So once again, here is the rage quit. It's lifted from Carl's show on WATP because Carl featured it as the cringe of the week. This week's cringe of the week is a little bit longer, but it came in from multiple people. Multiple people are sending this to me. In fact, even some notable people from the show. A note for for the listeners, this was deemed the best article to talk about. Yeah, I thought this was the worst. The best. So it's, it's only downhill from here. That's not true, because the next article is really good. You well, have talk to, about having some fucking optimism, Dave. You have to explain who no, no, decides just, that was the best article. I had no- all, right, all right, you know what? You can all go fuck yourself. This is the last fucking rubbernecker, and I'm dead fucking serious. What are you Get talking about? Up, fucking boy. Laugh it up. Uh, I've had enough of your fucking donut jokes and enough of your other fucking shit. One guy doesn't show up. It's a big fucking thing. We got a prayer, right? Donut, donut, donut. Fat, fat, fat. Meanwhile, you're over there sucking on a fucking cigarette, and everything. I, I try to do nothing. You motherfucker. Don't do a fucking thing. You sit there on your ass. You make a couple things up, and then all of a sudden, and that's it. Nobody does nothing. We sit in here. We look like jerk offs. Jerk offs every fucking week. I try to make it a better show. And you know what? This isn't even fun anymore. And I'm fucking done with it. Rubberneckers yeah. is over. You can do whatever the fuck you want with the rest of you fucking guys. I don't care. But I've had enough of this fucking shit. Fuck is all. Do something fucking better if you can. You can't. Run the show. He's sitting there. Well, this is his first fucking topic. It's the worst fucking topic. And so you already are setting this up. What do you think? I'm a fucking moron? I know what the fuck you're doing. You think this is the first fucking time I've ever done something like this? You fucking assholes. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. Every fucking last one of you. I've had it. I came in here, I was going to try to go through this thing, but if you're just going to sit here and try to make me the asshole out of this fucking show, go fuck yourselves, all of you. <laughs> okay. Um, as amazing at that, as that is, that is a, to me, that is a sick individual, okay? Uh, anybody that gets that pissed off about anything, wow. Um, you can just imagine what life is like for anybody close to that person, Philly fanatic. God awful. My God. So that comes up because that whole group got together again. Now, in my mind, certainly this Philly fanatic guy would have to have, uh, would have had to have calmed down and said, yeah, I lost my shit there. But I don't think that's the case at all. I need my glasses. I can't see. This one says, uh, John is Philly fanatic. John doesn't like our collective, our, doesn't like our collective, but wants one of us to co-host his new show. Clip one. Hey, listen, <laughs> you, think that you, you think that your little fucking group is what I need to be part of. No, I'll go out and find a whole nother. There's 7 billion people on the planet. I yeah. A couple thousand. And not from this group. So why are we sharing a Mexican, John? Okay. Um, this guy, this John guy, 
the rest of the group is just laughing in his face the whole time. And he has, you would think he's calmed down, but he hasn't. He's still pissed off. And I guess my, uh, my point is, why did they put up with him for this long? Uh, number two, John, the Philly fanatic, thinks Dave tries to ruin every show. Country. You are a sick motherfucker. You are. There is something seriously wrong with your no. fucking head. No, no, no. Number three, everyone, th- this one's titled, Everyone Tried to Be Nice. That's why you're a toxic uh, podcaster. That's for the tough. And huh? now a laughing stock. Now that's the dude. Uh, I think I forgot what what show he's from, Man Brain or something like that. I'm not sure. But I thought that that was perfect. You are now a laughing stock. That's why you're a toxic uh, podcaster. That's for the tough. And. Huh? Now a laughing stock. That's true. He is a laughing stock because if I hear that guy losing his shit, I'm laughing. He is a laughing stock. I mean, he literally makes me laugh. So that is a uh, 100% true comment. Uh, this one, number four, is titled "Ruin Everything You Touch." You ruin everything you touch. I shouldn't have been titled that because it's exactly what he said. Uh, okay, how about this one? Evil John. Yes. Yes, I do. We. Yes, I do. You are a low-life piece of shit. Okay, now it's going. It's coming back. Now they're really letting him have it back to his face. You're a low-life piece of shit too, because you are just an evil fucking puppeteer over there. Give me that fucking shit. Like I told you before, do me a favor and walk into fucking traffic. Oh, this guy. If I if I bumped into you know John tomorrow at a. Okay, now this guy was in on our show. This is Bob, uh, Alabama Bob or some shit. He was, when I had Soft Weekly on, he was in the audience of the live stream making comments. He seemed he seemed like a, like a nice, in fact, all these guys are nice enough guys. It's this Philly fanatic. I don't know where the, how the fuck did you guys ever uh, uh, meet up with him? There, He seems to have no redeeming qualities whatsoever. If I, if I bumped into, you know, John tomorrow at a, Coffee shop or something, I'd offer to buy him, buy him a cup of coffee. But that's what kind of guy I am. John's a piece of shit. <laughs> Hold on, let me. I gotta listen to this again. If I if I bumped into you know John tomorrow at a coffee shop or something, I'd offer to buy him, buy him a cup of coffee. But that's what kind of guy I am. John's a piece of shit. Wait a minute. So you buy him a cup of coffee, but you call him a piece of shit? You are a piece of shit, lol, cow. Fuck you. Goddamn, it's entertaining. Fuck you. Hey. These guys. Will you be the regular co-host of this show? No. Okay, that's soft. Soft. That's the dude who was on the show with me. Uh, he asked him if he wants to be a uh, join him on his show. Will you be the regular co-host of this show? No. Now I don't know what Soft did. Okay, Soft just invited him in, and uh... God, I got I, I I need more information about this. I need to know what precipitated it. Come on, soft, pick it up. Am I going to get shut out again? Everybody shut me out today. It's embarrassing. Please leave your message for two. Fuck. All right. I got to talk to somebody. Unrelated. Queen of the forest. 
Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? You and Kevy almost back? Yep. Uh-huh. How, uh, we are. How far till you get to the house here? We are 35 miles from, like, the downtown of Grand Rapids exit. Okay. Well, I need to warn you. What? Is it bad? Well, the the uh, the dishes aren't quite done. Mm. Mm. Well, you see, we loaded up the dishwasher after dinner, but then it got full, and then we ran it, and then so there's still dishes that need, and then we had dessert for family dinner that uh, you know that we had. So you know, I just yeah. want to let you know that uh, that that happened. I don't want you to be upset. What did you have for dessert? We had the rest of that cheesecake. Oh. Yeah. I see. We had a time, man. And then you know what your daughter did? I need to I need to let you know this. I tried to get her on earlier. And then um uh maybe if you could Which put this one, Jackie? Yeah, maybe if you could put this on speaker so that Kevin can hear this. No. No? No, just go ahead. Okay. Um Well, uh I was talking about this earlier on the show. Um my back was turned and Justin was holding on to Bruce. Uh-huh. And then apparently Jackie reached in, and what had happened was Bruce's little lipstick, his little wiener popped out of the, you know how, like, it, there's a skin around his wiener on a dog? Yeah. Well, I mean, that happens from time to time. And it wasn't like he was aroused or anything, but then you know how that skin is, you know, it's almost, it's like foreskin. Right. She takes the foreskin and pulls on it so that it reveals more of his red rocket. Oh my word! Yeah, and and Ernie. What the hell is wrong with Ernie? Not Ernie. Oh Jesus! I just referred to him as Ernie. And then Justin goes, Jackie. And then I go, what? What? What happened? And then they revealed to me what she did, and I'm like, what? What is wrong with you? What? I mean, what's going on in that brain that makes you do this <laughs> shit? Yeah. No kidding. And I got world. So, you know, I'm like, what the, I I was just mortified. And I just wanted to let you know that that actually happened. She's an odd, odd child. Yeah. I mean, who, who says, yeah, I want to be, I want to touch the dog's penis. (laughs) What the hell? Yep. Yep. That, that actually happened. And then Madison was in a shitty mood. Uh, back talk the whole day, you know, just once I want to say something to her and not get an, an, an asshole response. We're trying to, I'm trying to walk the dogs. It's Eric, uh, uh, Madison, Jackie, Justin, everybody's got a dog and she's on the phone. She's like texting people while, while we're walking. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Yep. Hey, I talked to uh, Joe Volk for extended time here moments ago. You talked to him? Yeah. Said? On, on the podcast. Oh, how's he doing? Good. He looks great. You'd never know that he's, you know, because Joe's quite a bit. He's about five, six years older than me. And uh, right. he's just, he's recovering from two strokes. Right. Is he, how's he recovering from that? He looks great. You'd never know that he had two strokes. Good. Yeah. So good. he's, he's good. doing awesome. Uh, okay. That's very good. Everybody misses you. They all say hi. Uh, and uh, there you go. I am almost home. Okay, very good. Love you very much. Okay. Love you too. I'll see you soon. Yep. Talk to you. There okay, you go. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Cardiff Electric says, I'm going to call in and give you a piece of advice. Well, please. We're all waiting with bated breath. I would love to have you on. You just let me know. I'll tell you what, Cardiff, this is what you do. 
This is what you do. You re- reach out to me. We've been communicating uh, direct message on uh, Twitter. Uh, I will give you a link, and then you can appear with me visually, and we can have that conversation. Please, I, I, I need advice on podcasting. All right? Uh, Patriot Nick, who I have been uh, uh, blocking all day today, or putting in time out for 300 seconds, what, do you, what, what the fuck has, uh, has gotten into you today? He says he uh, he writes there goes all those potential Pooh Bear points. No, I'm st- I'm gonna be fine. Dirk says I just tuned in. What the hell did I jump in the middle of? Yeah, my daughter likes to touch dog penis. Apparently, oh, jeez, absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> all right, over three on phone calls before Diana. That's okay. I need to update you on a story that we touched on uh, not long ago. Uh, This happened in my neck of the woods. Some stupid old idiot was pissed off that, um, well, first he said that he didn't get his stimulus check. But upon getting more information, this old timer in his mid-60s, Uh, It's revealed that the money was taken from him because of child support. Uh, So I don't know if he's a deadbeat or what. That sure sounds like it, right? So this guy calls up his representative. And he's in a district that has a Republican. So he's going to call up and say, hey, what can you do about this? And it's like, who the fuck does that? I mean, uh, it sounds to me like you're that you're barking up the wrong tree. If you're calling the representative when they took your money because you owed it uh, for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, or alimony. I have no idea. It's, it says in the story what the hell he is. The fact of the matter is government took his money from him. So he's pissed off. So he calls. The problem is he doesn't get his actual uh, congressperson. He gets another office that he's not familiar with. And uh, like an aide picks up the phone. Now, his first comment was that all he said was, hey, what do I have to do? Come down there with a shiny AR-15 and uh, then I'll get my money, which that alone is bad enough. Okay. Um, it's, I guess, open to interpretation what he meant by that but according to this story he said a lot more than that according to the person that he actually spoke with on the phone and they perceive that as a threat well anyway this comes to trial and this asshole has to now face the music and unbelievable how this turned out check this out not guilty that's the verdict in the trial of a west michigan man charged with threatening an aide to a state lawmaker the defense had argued that the man's rant was protected free speech but that's not the reason one juror gave News aide Susan Samples joins us now. Susan. All right. I think I think uh, I think uh, Susan Shaw would kind of got in the weeds there. Was protected free speech, but that's not the reason one juror gave. News aide Susan Samples joins us now. Susan. Oh. 
The question the jury had to answer, what was Ed Kelman's intention when he told a legislator's aide he was polishing his AR-15 and she would have nowhere to hide? Did the 66-year-old Granville man intend to threaten, frighten, or harass that aide? Or, as the defense contended, was he just a, quote, old guy with zany political beliefs blowing off steam? We should note the judge ordered media not to show the aide's face during her testimony. As to the one count charge, do you find Mr. Kalman guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. It took the jury just 15 minutes to acquit Ed Kelman, who back in May 2020 was angry the friend of the court took his stimulus check, so he tried to call the state Republican Party head. Instead, he accidentally called the Office of State Representative Lori Pahutsky. And when aide Sarah Henning explained she couldn't give him the Republican Party's number because she's prohibited from doing partisan work on the taxpayer's dime. He said, if you thought that what happened last week in Lansing was bad, just wait until I get there next week. I'm polishing up my AR-15. You won't have anywhere to hide. She was a- Okay. Uh, you may have missed that. She said the person who took the phone call the aide said if you and it was right at the time when all those jackasses went roaming around on the inside of the michigan state capitol okay all those that congregation of fucking morons um if you thought it was so it was, it was right about that time he said if you thought what last week was bad uh hold on bad just wait until i get there next just wait until i get there next week i'm polishing up my air I'm polishing up my AR-15. And you won't have anywhere to hide. She was- and you won't have anywhere to hide. Uh, I guess my question is, how the fuck did they find this idiot uh, not guilty? That is, that is not protected as free speech. If someone threatens you, how? How did this even happen? How is this piece of shit not guilty? She was terrorized. She was frightened. She felt fear for her safety. And all she was doing was her job. But his intent is not to threaten. So this, so this lawyer is like, oh, yeah, its intent is not to threaten. Just blowing off steam. Grumpy old man. Hey, what are you going to do? That's ridiculous. That's a horrible uh, point of view. She was terrorized. She was frightened. She felt fear for her safety. And all she was doing was her job. But his intent is not to threaten her. He doesn't really appreciate that that, that would threaten anybody. Because he believes that the government, you know, they deal with that kind of stuff all the time. But Kelman's call came just a few days after the armed protest inside the state capitol, and the frightened aide took the threat very seriously. I, I immediately started um, convulsing and having a panic attack, and I had curled up on my bed in the ball, and I was crying. All right, so I freaked her out. She's like, this is terrible. This guy just threatened to kill me. A juror who spoke to News 8 after the not guilty verdict was read said Kelman's threat was not specific to the aide. He was angry at the government and would have said the same thing to whomever answered the phone. Disagree. Whoever these jurors are, they're fucking assholes. This guy should be locked up for a long time for that shit. The juror also said Kelman, who did not own a gun, had no plan to carry out any attack. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's in a wheelchair with no arms. No one knows that on the other side of the phone. 
So while the defense argued what Kelman said was protected free speech, the juror I talked to who didn't want to go on camera said nothing about the First Amendment, just that the jury didn't think he intended to harm or cause harm to that aid specifically. Representative Lori Pahutsky, a Democrat from Livonia, issued a statement saying she was saddened to learn Kelman was found not guilty of the, quote, violent threat he made against her office. She said it sets a dangerous precedent. And no matter the trial's outcome, the phone call caused her and her staff to fear for their lives. All right. A little food for thought. Uh, Nick says, what's the evidence, though? Her word or do they have a recording? I don't know. Uh, Let's just assume, though, that he did say that. If he actually did say that, I guess my question is, how? How the fuck is that protected? That's uh, that's the old fire in a crowded uh, theater, you know? My God. Tyler writes, unfucking believable That's our fine justice system at work for you. I don't understand how this guy is, uh, is off the hook. Man. Ridiculous. Uh, so this stupid, fussy old man uh, is, is off the hook. Nothing, nothing happens to that guy, and I'm, I'm shocked. I thought for sure that guy was going to wind up getting convicted. Incredible. All right. Uh, Join me on Patreon, and I cannot wait to tell you the story about this limo work I did. Holy crap. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, 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 I cannot wait to tell, tell you the story. Five or 10 bucks a month for my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. TC Paintball. Online at TCPaintballGR.com. We have changed the date. Of Paintball War number 15, The Unnamed War. Paintball War number 15 happens now on Sunday, August 29th, 5 p.m. start. We got a pizza party before it all gets started from BC Pizza. And then we play paintball. 35 bucks for you. And all you got to do is let me know that you're coming. Bring as many people as you can. 35 bucks a person. You get the paint. You get the gun. You get the mask. And then all of that time on the field, you will have so much fun tcpaintballgr.com if you want to book your own party. Now, if you're booking your own party, it costs more. If you're doing it for the uh, paintball war, it's only 35 bucks. It's uh, uh, 48 bucks if you do this on your own with your own group. But uh, still, I'd love to have you here. tcpaintballgr.com. Let me know with an email that you're coming. Also a lot of fun, Cornhole America. Online at cornholeamerica.com. The absolute uh, tip-top best place to have a set of cornhole boards made, shipped anywhere in the USA. You will pay more for these, but they are the last set of cornhole boards you will ever buy. I can promise you that. You can put anything at all onto a set of cornhole boards at Cornhole America. So uh, check them out online, cornholeamerica.com. Awesome. Um, okay. I heard from um, Allison. Hold on a second here. We had Allison on uh, Friday. Subject line, Bow Wow Boutique. We referenced a business. I didn't say it by name. She loved that. Something else happened on that phone call that she became aware of. And uh, Kenny ended up getting put in time out for it. Eric, ha, 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 ha. 
I'm still dying over the whole thing of Bow Wow Boutique. That was fantastic. Thank you for bringing that up. And of, th- and of course, thank you for helping me promote Ales for Tales. Uh, their fundraiser is Thursday. I will be at it uh, coming up July 22nd. I would love to see you there at Ales for Tales, raising money for Harbor Humane. Then she writes this. Also, tell Kenny, thanks for calling me hot. Uh, that was an ego boost. I really needed to get through the day. So there you go, Kenny. I guess she received uh, your compliment and uh, took it well. Also, my husband saw him thirsting after me. So he put a, so uh, so put him on notice. Just kidding about that last part. You don't have to tell Kenny that. Well, no, it's okay. He needs to hear that sometimes. Uh, great times. Thank, thanks again, Eric. Can't wait to see you next week. At Ales for Tales. Hello, puppy. Hello, baby. All right. Uh, it's time to get into this thing about the Black National Anthem. I'd never heard of the Black National Anthem till recently. All right. Hold on a second here. And writes, translation, Kenny made me feel good, but I'd never do him. Kenny says, but see, she took it correctly. Well, I don't know if she took it correctly. She took it well. And that's a roll of the dice. Not everybody likes to have someone ogle them, Kenny. Okay. I'd never heard of the Black National Anthem. And that's kind of like, it's not really known as the Black National Anthem. But there's a song called Lift Every Voice and Sing. Uh, It was written in 1900 by civil rights activist James Weldon Johnson and set to music in 1905 by his brother Josh Rosamond Johnson. Um, the NFL hold on a second here I had this story and then it disappeared All right. the NFL has said that before every game they are now going to play the black national anthem All right. Now, when I heard this, I don't know what it was, and I had to think about it for a little bit before I figured out how I felt about it. But it it seemed a little weird to me. In my opinion, it's a little weird to do any of this pandering that the NFL is doing. But the NFL is spending $250 million over 10 years uh, to help fight racism in America. Now, I don't know if playing the song has anything to do with the price tag. I'm, what I'm curious about is uh, what are you getting for $250 million? I, I am curious about that. If you are going to spend that much money, um, $125 million a year for 10 years, uh, what, what happens? What happens with $25 million a year? Uh, 
what do you get for $25 million a year? Is that $25 million is going towards uh, charitable organizations? Because that's all good. I would think that if you were going to do that, uh, that would be exceptional. Or is this just spending money to put words like unity in the end zone? Because I don't know about you, but all of that stuff is an absolute waste of money and bullshit. Okay. Um, this is how I feel about the black national anthem. While it's a good song, I'm sure. And there's nothing, I don't have any problem with anybody, uh, saying this is an uplifting song or anything like that. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of people say, Oh no bullshit, man. There's only one national anthem. And I, I don't want to get into that. I don't care about any of that. First of all, you need to understand this. There's so many stupid fucking people that go to an NFL football game. All right. That there's going to be so much blowback at an actual NFL stadium. It's my opinion that you're going to get the average asshole who's got way too much beer in him to begin with, who's going to do something stupid that's going to start a fucking fight at an NFL game. All right. It's going to start a race war at an NFL game. If they're, because I, you know, we've had all this shit from taking a knee during the national anthem. What do you think's going to happen when stupid redneck hillbilly? Uh, white guy hears the black national anthem in addition to the star spangled banner. He's going to, he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to give the, he's going to give the finger. He's going to, he's going to show his dick. He's going to act like an asshole. He's going to try to uh, say something rude to the black family that's sitting next to him. This is a, this is a nightmare scenario. This is absolutely a bad decision and it doesn't have anything to do with equality or anything like that. I just think I'm looking at the big picture here of what this is going to do. When you put it out on the loudspeakers inside of a facility and say, this is now, let's all stand for the black national anthem. Half of those people inside of that facility, they don't give a shit about your black national anthem. They don't. Okay. Um, does it affect me in any way? Do I, do I think it's a bad thing? No, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just looking at the big picture. I think that the average asshole who goes to an NFL football game is, you know, he's also the same guy who's got the Confederate flag and the truck nuts on the back of his pickup truck. So good luck with that. Okay. That's a problem. Um, I think ultimately this is going to result in more fights. Hell, if you go to any Oakland Raiders game, half the people there get into these crazy ass fights to begin with or any NFL game. There's always fights breaking out. You add this into the mix. Oh my God. Uh, I would I would suggest this. Don't go. Don't go to an NFL football game because you're li- you're liable to be caught up in the middle of a fucking race war because so many stupid people are going to go there and there's going to be a fight because that's all you need is, is the, uh, is the really proud white guy uh, giving the finger to the really pro- uh, proud black guy. And the next thing you know, you've got a brawl. So this is a terrible decision. This is stupid. And it's pandering. This is dumb. And again, nice song. That's nice. I get what you're trying to do. But here's where I think it's just, if I'm a black guy, um, I don't like this. And here's why. Have you ever seen where at the uh, at your local high school where the uh, person who's developmentally disabled, usually it's a kid with Down syndrome who's the manager for the football team, and they like uh, say, hey, man, uh, it's the big game, the last game of the year. Will you dress up? And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And this is done to, 
you know, make the kid feel good. And the uh, and, I, and I hate to say it, but the kid doesn't really know any better, usually because, um, you know, there's there's a there's a cognitive uh, um, a thing there that makes it so that the kid I mean, it just makes the kid feel good. OK, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. And you see the kid running for a touchdown and he is just he is just losing his mind. They do this in, in, in boys sports, girls sports for development, developmentally, cognitively. De- I can't even talk developmentally and cognitively disabled people. OK, however, if you did that for a kid who's not cognitively or developmentally disabled, and said, yeah, we want to have you score the touchdown in the big game. The kid's going to be like, yeah, this is fucking stupid. What? Why? Because I, if, you were to, if you were to let some kid do that who just sucks at everything and he doesn't have an issue with his brain, he's got to see right through that and say, yeah, I feel like an asshole. This is, you're, just, you're just you know blowing smoke in my ass, and it's a waste of my time, and it's stupid. You're not even trying. You're just falling all around me. You're not even trying to tackle me. This isn't even a real game. You're going to be able to see through all of that shit. You get my point? If you're a black guy, at what, you mean, if all, unless all these black people are developmentally disabled or cognitively disabled, you should see through this as pandering by the NFL. It's bullshit. It's only being done to make, to, uh, to, to, to make you feel better. It's not doing anything. I think this is all a waste of time. The NFL really wanted to uh, help on race relations. You know what they should do? If you really wanted to do this, uh, make some team take Colin Kaepernick back. You you have to take, you would have to say to the 49ers, he has to play on your team. If you really wanted to do something, or you would actually give him a team and make him the quarterback of it, which is not going to happen. He's shitty. He hasn't played football in years. He's got a whole new career now doing what he does now. So I'm not buying this at all. I think it's a horrible thing. I think ultimately this can, this is going to involve in brawls in NFL stadiums because of this stupid anthem that uh, everybody's going to get pissed off about during. I mean, can you imagine if you've got somebody who takes a knee during the national anthem and then stands for the black national anthem? What more polarizing thing could you possibly think of? And that's going to happen. So I think this is a horrible idea, and they should. But uh, this is now going to happen in front uh, at the beginning of every during every NFL game. I don't know at what point. I don't know if it's going to be uh, like right after the Star Spangled Banner, but uh, whatever. Okay. Um, there is a uh, article that I haven't gotten into, but uh, Nate Burleson did explain how that money is impacting communities across America. So. Um, I, I guess there is there is actual uh, a a something tangible that is that I'd have to get into that, but uh, God only knows what uh, what the, all that money is doing. I just don't think that the best use of anything would be to have that anthem play. Uh, the move follows a league wide test run last season, in which the song "Lift Every Voice and Sing" was played before the start of games in Week One, Week One, and at Super Bowl Fifty Five in a performance by Alicia Keys. So what do they mean by you did a test run? They they did it for the Super Bowl in week one, and nobody got their ass kicked? Well, you know where this is going to be a problem is the fact that they've publicized it. If they had just done it and not said anything, I think you'd have less problems. But I'm of the belief that the wrong ears are going to hit this now that they're ready for it, and it's going to be ugly. 
Um, the song will be performed before the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, boy. I don't know. The league's remarkable and sudden groundswell of support for the Black Lives Matter movement was seen as an astonishing about face from yet five years ago when the league blackballed quarterback Colin Kaepernick for kneeling during the national anthem as a silent protest against police brutality. But many conservative voices and right-wing media outlets, and I'm getting this from uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, media outlets are criticizing the anthem change as politically motivated amid a national cultural shift on race following last year's police killing of George Floyd. I agree with that completely. Some are blaming Democrats and casting the black national anthem as a major cultural concern. And then the usual suspects weigh in. All right. Um, yeah, this is a dog and pony show. And um, I don't know if this is going to end well. The article says last September ESPN replaced Hank Williams Jr. in the opening of Monday Night Football. Yeah, we've come a long way from Hank. <laughs> oh, Whew. I don't know. Now, I'm not the idiot who's going to say, ha, I'm not watching the NFL. No, no, I'm absolutely going to watch the NFL. I love watching football. I can't wait. I'm not an idiot who's going to say, well, I'm, I'm cutting them off because they're dividing the country. Nah, I haven't gotten that far yet. Maybe one day. All right. N says, you know what made me feel better when the NFL kept it simple and didn't get involved in social issues? Throw ball, run ball, commentators talk about balls. Now it's too complicated. I don't know. Maybe. I just don't know if this is ultimately going to work out. I think it's a terrible move because there's too many stupid people that go to NFL football games. All right. Um, as always, I would, uh, I would love you to uh, consider wearing an Eric Zane Show podcast T-shirt. You can find out more information at ericsaneshow.com. Click on Merch. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage invites you to uh, call upon him. Call on Mario today, 231-332-6505. If you're in the market for a mortgage uh, anywhere in the USA, with the exception of Maine, South Carolina, Hawaii, and Alaska, thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. And last but not least, Joe Martinez at A&E Heating and Cooling. My God, uh, if you need an air conditioner installed, uh, call upon Joe if you are in West Michigan, okay? Do call two other places and get an estimate and then call Joe last. Yes, I stand by that. He's going to beat anybody's price. If not, tell him I told I told you to tell him to beat them, and he will. A&E Heating and Cooling, online at aeheatingcooling.net. Oh, my gosh, we have set a record for time on this show. Again, I can't wait to join you on Patreon to tell you the story of what I saw when I was uh, doing limo work. There is a birthday in the house. Happy birthday to the one and only psycho magician, John Midgley. 
One of the Tennessee uh, Zaniacs, and boy, what a talented musician. Musician. What a, t- he's a t- yeah, I don't know if he's a musician. He's a talented magician. Thank you so much, John, for being part of the show, and happy birthday to you. Okay. Let's get into the asshole of the day, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Set a record for time today. Unbelievable. Nearly three hours of podcasting. Holy shit. How the hell do you put up with that? All right. Who is your asshole of the day? Uh, last, last week, Friday, was former radio host child rapist. Your suggestions on the live stream. Who do you think is going to be the asshole of the day? Mm. Let's see. Sarah says, I think so, too, referring to the uh, Black National Anthem. Kyle says, three hours. What is this, Joe Rogan? All right. Asshole of the day, Jackie's Zitunian for playing with dog penis. Hard to argue with that. Well done, Dean. Yep, my own daughter is the asshole of the day for touching Bruce's penis. For what reason, we still don't know. Let's hope because she's just uh, oddly curious. I'm afraid to ask her why. My own daughter is the asshole of the day for that. My God. Um, okay. Faith Hill or Carrie Underwood on the hotness scale of the open for Monday night football. Um, how does that, uh, greater than less than, uh, less than sign work? If it says Faith Hill with the alligator mouth is, is, uh, open at Faith Hill, and then it says Carrie Underwood. Does that mean Carrie Underwood is hotter than Faith Hill? Or is it the other way around? I forget my math. I think that means that N is saying that Carrie Underwood is hotter than, was hotter than Faith Hill was on the intro. I think that Faith Hill was hotter. I don't care about her performance. I just think that Faith Hill was hotter. So the alligator eats greater. The mouth is eating the greater. So that means that the, that N is saying that Faith Hill is hotter than Carrie Underwood. I agree with that. My God, the boots. The thigh-high boots. Holy cow. Jesus. Unbelievable. Okay, folks, that's it, man. I appreciate you for being part of this show. Talk to you on Patreon. It's not going to start at 11. It's going to be late. I can promise you that. Have a good one, folks. Until next time. Bye-bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.